Welcome to the Town Brothers Podcast Experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Talon Brothers Podcast. My name is Nathan Talon, and with me today... My name is Nick Talon. Thank you for tuning in. We are currently in Tyler Bourne's basement getting ready to talk about some movies, and I'm wired off an iced Americano from Dunkin' Donuts. Let's get Let's get this bread. And this is Tyler. Nick, thanks for bringing me coffee. It's great to be back for another week of uh, talking about movies. And Tyler is also eating spaghetti pizza. Why would you tell everybody that, dude? Because it looks weird, it looks mad. bizarre. Like, where do you even order that from? What's it? Where's it from? I ordered it from my fridge leftovers, dude. All right, hey, go ahead. I didn't get it. My parents did. Leave me alone. I'm just eating it now. Uh, first things first. Bill Murray is set to return in uh the new Ghostbusters movie coming out in 2020, directed by Jason Reitman. How we feeling? Did you guys see the one that came out a couple of years ago? I have not. Never I'll- saw it. Okay, let's just move on to the next headline. I'm kidding. I just actually it's not related to that one though. It's related to the other one. Oh, they're making it separate from that. Yeah. Oh, so I'm interested. I saw the first one this summer for the first time in my life, all the way through, and I really enjoyed it. I think Bill Murray was uh, one of the best parts of that movie. So I'm interested to see what's up with it. You know? Do you have a Do you have a feeling about? Because um, there's like this thing that I saw people commenting on on the on Reddit and stuff about um how it's been it's of course that this sequel to ghostbusters has always kind of been in the works and bill murray was the one that was always kind of not open to returning and then people are sad now that ramus is dead that now he's like yeah i'll return now so i'm starting to get this weird vibe about bill murray just in general and i think a lot of people already have it so it's just that he thinks like he's, he's a, a bad person no that he just thinks he's above people which I think he for sure does. It's interesting. I had never heard that before. I don't, know. It's I don't know if I agree with that. It's but. funny. I've heard actually like great things about him because being a huge Chicago Cubs fan myself, I, no, I know he is too, and people that have met him at Wrigley Field and stuff, I've seen on Twitter, Cubs Twitter, that he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah, did you ever hear the story where uh, when people say hi to him, he's like, I'm not talking about anything except baseball when he's at, at a Wrigley. Cubs game. Yeah. Good for him. Right? Well, imagine to a yeah. certain extent, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't blame him because imagine being famous. All anyone would ever want to do is come talk about the stuff that you don't ever want to talk yeah. about. So I don't blame celebrities, especially when you're that old and you still want to go out in public. Like at least he goes out still, and that's cool. But How, as far as making another Ghostbusters movie, who cares? Like I just don't care about another Ghostbusters. Yeah, movie I want some more original movies. What's up with that? Well, I'm interested in this one a little bit because it just seems like an interesting project. Because Jason Reitman's the son of the original director. What else uh, is he's he writing made? it? He made Juno, oh, okay. um, like Tully, Young Adult, those movies. Um, Paul Rudd's in it, which I think is cool. When did this develop? Is it going to star the old guys, or is Bill Murray going to cameo and have but a? Bill Murray is in it. Scenes. I think. I think what this is is literally the passing of the torch. Torch. To Finn Wolfhard and whoever else is in this, I'm getting sick of Finn Wolfhard. I'll I'm be honest. Be, Finn gonna... Wolfhard's in it for what? <laughs> He's a kid of someone. Oh. I think maybe Paul Rudd is Bill Murray's kid, and then Finn Wolfhard's Paul Rudd's kid. I'm Finn in... Wolfhard isn't good in stuff. He's good in strange. I'm gonna things. be honest, guys. Finn Wolfhard, I'm starting to get worried about. He's bust of the week because he started off so strong with Stranger Things because that group of kids. It's very hard to find. 
child actors that well and they had great chemistry and I feel like some of them are pulling away a little bit and I think Finn Wolfhard's getting the most gigs it seems like and um I don't know I just I don't know I honestly think all of them are busts of the week you think so yeah who do you think's the worst bust who has the most promise Will Byers guy but he doesn't get anything else yeah Will Netflix's original TV shows be better than Disney Plus's original TV shows? I don't know. It depends on what you're into. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to watch them both, I suppose. Like Stranger Things, I'm already invested. Is Disney Plus going to be making animated yes. shows? Well, they're going to have Marvel's Mar- M- the MCU's first animated show. Where it's like What If, where they do like the What If stuff in comics, and they release some footage of that, and it looks interesting. Um, I don't know. It's hard to tell because this is like, think about it. Of course, Disney is this giant empire right now, um, and they're striking back at Netflix. But striking back? What do you mean man, they're striking they're, back at Netflix? Because just, they're offering a streaming service that has some of the most iconic stories and, for a cheaper price. And more than well, more than that, uh, I did it because of the pun with the Star Wars title. Oh, Nate, that was good, man. We it went over our heads, but looking back, hindsight's great. Um. But anyways, I think that since it's like the early days of their streaming platform, like you said, they have some good stuff on there. It's fun to go take a trip down Nostalgia Lane and kind of see what they have. Um, but they also have great movies and stuff, of course, because you get, you know, all the Pixar movies, all the original Disney animated movies are on there, which is great. And they just need time to build up this library that they have because they're going to need more stuff on there if they want, um, you know. How would they get <coughs> more stuff on there, though? Or well, I guess they own Fox now. So yeah. they could just put all of Fox's stuff yeah. on there. I think maybe I wouldn't be surprised if you get a little tab that's 20th Century Fox, just like how you have Disney, Star Wars, Marvel. I agree with you that they're going to have to keep building it up a little bit. But, man, what a good start for them. And I mean, yeah, but like even even then, it's like just because they're Disney doesn't mean that they can't come up with original stuff, too. Of course, they want to use their own properties that they already have, but uh, I'm sure that we'll see new original stuff as well. Like, oh, look at. Uh, just for a random example, like because Damien Chazelle has something in the works at Apple TV and at Netflix. Yeah. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing headlines like that where someone's going to Disney Plus to make a show. Oh, that's, executive that's, producer. That's a good point. I thought yeah. Damien Chazelle was working on that Babylon. That's his move. Yeah, he can. But he's he's got a show for Netflix and he's got a show for Apple TV Wait, coming shows? out. Shows. Correct. What's the one on Apple about? Uh, Apple. It's about. I think it, both of them are very similar. So one of them is like a French club, and the other one is called the Eddie, which is a jazz club. What the hell is this guy's problem? <laughs> I'll look it up, but I'll start the next thing. But I wouldn't be surprised if Disney started to do stuff like that. Yeah, yeah of course. I can't wait till Disney buys A24. That'll be a fun one. I don't think that will ever happen. I know. I'm Josh. Um, can I add, can I bring up some news just about, uh, yeah. about some House of the Dragon uh, Game of Thrones news. Oh, okay. Just something I thought you guys would be interested to hear. George R. R. Martin has a blog that he does every once in a while, and he did a blog post about the show, and he just talked about the writer's room of Miguel Sapochnik and some of the other people that were involved creating the story of the first season and just kind of some of the stuff they're adapting from the Fire and Blood book. And um, <clears throat> I have a feeling they're going to do one of the Wars of the Dragon, which is one of these uh, you know big wars, and they planned out... Like, at not just season one, but the seasons going forward and how everything is going to go. And he kind of, it was almost like he was uh, uh, poking fun at how, you know, the previous show didn't have 
the ending worked out until they got there, right? Whereas yeah. this is they've they're plotting it out. They're plotting everything out so they know how it's going to build through each season, what it's all building towards. Which obviously is easier in a prequel when you know how it all goes. But it's just good to hear that and see that. And who knows, maybe this show could even be better than Game of Thrones, which I think is very possible. I yeah. hope so. The only my really fast game of thrones the biggest disappointment was it was amazing and it just didn't finish strong so now going back uh, i hope that they can really knock it out of the park yeah i think the main thing is of course they signed on to adapt this story um and uh to be honest i don't think anyone knew how it was going to end but now we since it's a prequel they have they know exactly where it starts and where it's going to end so i think that would definitely play are you excited Nate? yeah of course i'm excited as soon as I saw Miguel Sapochnik, I was in. I'm actually kind of nervous about the other writer. I looked up some of the stuff that he did, and it wasn't promising. Was it Kim Possible, the movie? Uh, no, that's not the Disney. Ch- Kim Possible, the anime movie, is great. The live-action one, uh, Miguel Sapochnik directed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's anyway. a complete lie. Anyway. But on the topic of Disney, uh, the Soul trailer dropped. Oh, my God outstanding how we feeling this, absolutely can't wait man i'm just gonna go out on a limb and say this could be my favorite pixar movie <laughs> well see the thing is i i kind of hope that it's more so the real life music than it is the soul stuff but I, it's not i think it's i think it's a combination it, yeah you know? i think it's gonna be like an inside out sort of thing yeah, i think so too exactly like that but, but i think the music will probably be amazing along what with is that. the story exactly does he like die that's what it looks like because it's basically um, there, there was like a synopsis where he, um, he's not, he's unsure of what he wants. He's a middle school teacher that teaches music, but he really wants to make it big, um, and all this stuff. And then he's just conflicted, and then he so falls. Then he sells his soul to the devil. No, he falls, and he finds himself in the place where the souls go, and he meets a soul that hasn't been born yet. Like this is a new soul, um, and then that's who Tina Fey plays. And then throughout this whole kind of world that they're in he finds purpose in life and then they and resuscitate how, him because he fell down the manhole they resuscitate him at the end he comes back and he finds his purpose and he decides that he wants to be to teach kids and one of the kids it flash forwards one of the kids is tina Fey's when they grow up so i think we can all agree soul looks incredible we didn't odds get that odds i'm right wait well, odds i'm right i had a better synopsis than you soul looks great i'm i'm excited the animation looks beautiful i think pixar does jazz music really well Especially from Monsters Inc., I think the soundtrack in Monsters Inc. is super. <laughs> I agree. The, I like the ending. What about Incredibles? <laughs> okay, never mind. But anyway, what about Incredibles? Um, yeah, Incredibles. Do you know awesome who's too. scoring this movie? Well, you're about to get triple excited because it's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Is it oh really? Yeah, God, that's outstanding, <laughs> dude. Wow, I, I can't wait. That, that makes me. When even does more this come out? Movie. But the question is, uh, next year. What movie is going? What's going to be the better Pixar? Going to be onward the Pixar or movie this. of 2020, Soul or Onward? I'm going to flip a coin and say both. I'm going to say on. I really like what I'm seeing from Onward, but I'm getting worried. I feel like it every, might be the good dinosaur effect. Every year that they Pixar does twice, two movies, one of them's bad, one of them's a bust, and one of them's great. Exactly. I think they'll both be good. I think Soul will be, you know, your Coco, your Inside Out type yep. movie. I think Onward will be on the same level Monsters as you. Yeah, but I think a little bit better because it's I, like, I a, love like a Moana, like a Moana. That's Moana's not Pixar. Pixar. Oh shit, that's Moana's Disney animation. Good. See, I feel like what Moana is good, but like that's what I'm saying. It'll be good, but it's not going to be five star. Okay, 
Do you agree? I it's think, no small well, their foot. busts are bad. Like, The Good Dinosaur is not a good movie. Have you seen it? I'm only about bust? to watch. I'm about to watch all the Pixar movies that I haven't seen since. Is the there run. only? Have you, and you haven't seen the Good. Dinosaur I haven't seen before? Good Dinosaur. I haven't seen Brave, and I haven't seen Cars two and three. I I haven't seen Cars two and three and Ratat. Well, I've seen Ratatouille, but not like a hundred percent. Well, you have no excuse now. I know exactly, and it's in my watch list to watch. Oh, yeah, you Ratatouille, have no excuse dude. now. You fat. Brad Bird, goat. Yes, I agree. Animated goat. But, yeah, the way they pitched Soul was he got up on stage at D23, and he um, was like, uh, we basically every hard question that you can answer, we came up with the bright idea to try to answer them. And that's how Pete Doctor, Fox is Pete the- Doctor, who's the goat, stepped up and said that, who's now the chair, like the head person at Pixar, uh, took over for John Lasseter after uh, the hugging incident. Um, he's now the lead. He did Up, Wally, uh, Inside Out. So, 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 and probably Coco. He didn't do Coco. Oh, he didn't do Coco. Uh, that was the guy that did Toy Story three. I'm blanking on his name. He's amazing. Nah, he I just reti- supposed to know this. He just retired. I know. I'm blanking on his name. Did Pixar have two movies come out this year? Or was it just Toy Story four? Just Toy Story four. Frozen two. Uh, Disney though had oh, uh, dude, six. It's Frozen Frozen two is Disney animation. Yeah, it's what not the hell? Pixar. What the hell's the difference? Y- you're an idiot. <laughs> Honestly, I think Pixar is always better. Um, <laughs> what's next on the agenda? Oh, yeah. hold on, Nate. I was going to ask you on our list. Do you have Paul Thomas Anderson news on there? Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. PTA's uh, 1970s high school movie is his next Yeah, one. that sounds really interesting just because you just don't th- picture him directing a movie like that. Odds Lucas Hedges was in it. <laughs> that someone said Lucas Hedges <laughs> run into his house man. now. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder who's going to get cast in a movie like that for him. I wonder. It could be, like, no-name people. Yeah, or, that's how what I'm expecting. Yeah. Or, like, we'll people see. from, like, TV shows that are, like, only in one season so far. You think far Daniel Day-Lewis like makes a cameo as an English teacher? Someone said Daniel Day-Lewis is up for the challenge of playing a high, a high schooler. He's. I <laughs> thought he was done. I, he's done. I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, he passed away. Robert Pattinson made, actually, a very funny joke. I was watching the Jennifer Lopez and him, Actors on Actors, when they interview each other and he made a funny joke about method acting where he's like, you never see someone say that they're method acting when they're playing a good person. They're always playing like a jerk or someone reserved. You never see someone playing like a good person, say a method and just being nice to everyone. And like, it's always when they're playing someone that has problems. Cause that's an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was very interesting. Like I was like, yeah, you're kind of right. Where it's like, it's always going to be either someone of high importance. Like when he's like, you have to call me Mr. President when I'm on Lincoln. Or if it's like Phantom Thread when he's a complete jerk. That's like, a little overkill, right? Like, I'm going to go live in a house in the woods and speak in the old English, and uh, people are going to address me as a president for two years before I go film the movie. It's like, all right, man. You, <laughs> yeah. you've been, you're insane. Did you win the award? Someone give it to him. Uh, speaking about acting, uh, I just wanted to touch on this whole James Dean fiasco going on now. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? on? I just think it's I stupid. Think just cast a different person. I think that that type of technology is very interesting, and I think it should only be used on either historical events or people that are still alive. There is no reason to cast a uh, fake person who has already lived in a movie where he doesn't even need to be in it. And it's not him. Hire someone it's living. It's not him. Hire, it's just his face. Hire someone living. Like, who all this is, I think it's a publicity stunt to yep. get people in there to sit, see the movie because if this wasn't James Dean and it was a Western – it probably would flop, you know? 
Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's ridiculous that they even think that this could possibly be a good idea. I'm glad there's a ton of backlash for it, and I hope this reverses any ideas Hollywood's ever had about the yeah, future right. of making movies with people who are dead because I think the de-aging technology in this is a lot different because de-aging, they're still alive. Like when we watch The Irishman, even though they look younger, it's still an old De Niro. So it's essentially just really cool makeup. But yeah. when De Niro dies, we should not see De Niro, De Niro in again. any more new movies and because he's freaking dead. With the Grand Moff Tarkin thing in Rogue One, my perspective on that is the estate gave it the okay, and he was only in it for like two minutes, and he was in that timeline. That's kind of walking the line. If you – this James Dean has stepped over it. They like literally casted and robot him. So what's happening – yeah, where and I even think that's – For a new story. Well, I think that's a little weird as well with the Star Wars thing, but where it's where I think it's personally different is that they're literally casting James Dean for no reason. Like, they're doing it for, for marketing. Yeah. For marketing. Where for Grand Moff Tarkin, it's like you can't really tell the story without that character. And instead of, like, just changing how he looks, they just said, oh, we have this technology. Let's try it out. Do we get the okay from them? Okay, we got the okay. Let's yeah. do it. And that is different when he's he's not essential to the plot. In, like, he's not super essential, and he's barely in the movie. Yeah, exactly. right? When it's a well. main character, like the fucking lead I don't want to. It's, it's not real. Weird, it's not a real yeah. performance. It's not artistic. It's like this weird technological development that is not an artistic expression. Yeah, I just don't care about that. Yeah, I'm I'm over it. How I don't want to see how good technology can fake an actor. I want to see an actor wow me with still a real living, performance. That's still the, living. Yeah, that's the whole point. I agree. I agree too. Uh, moving on, uh, Scoob. Hey, a little bit of why? But my question is, why would they make little Scooby the villain in the the first movie? <laughs> Honestly, I did not like this trailer, guys. Here's my I got problem. bad vibes. I'm that, not a big fan either. The animation is great. Yeah, like, of that's course. how I envisioned we're it. they're going to animate it. But why? So to correct me if I'm wrong. Why can Scooby just rattle off full sentences and paragraphs? I thought in the show he could say like one word here and there. Yeah, like one word. <laughs> To show that he's kind of there, like, but he's still and he wrong. has a speech impediment. Yeah, but so hey, now he doesn't have the speech impediment, and he can just talk full sentences. Yeah, even I'm as not... a puppy, he has like the same voice as a puppy, which really threw me off. I don't. Th that's the thing. I don't understand why and they would distant. do that. And I don't know why they recast Shaggy, the actor. Yeah, it's the original Scoob voice, isn't it? That's no. why the guy. It's not. Because the guy doing the voice sounds like he's 180. Well, here's the thing. So <laughs> the guy that plays Scooby-Doo died like a while ago. But the guy that played Fred originally plays Scooby-Doo now. Okay. So it's close enough. Like that so sounds he's like Scooby. old as balls, like he, I said. Yeah, it sounds like Scooby-Doo. But the problem is, is that for some reason they like made him talk a lot. I don't get it. Like it doesn't even need to be that. But I guess maybe oh, it's different when we see the movie. But at the same time, I kind of like when they were kids, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, let's just have them as kids, because that's like a pup named Scooby-Doo, which is awesome. But yeah, then and they, it's a kid's movie. Okay, great. Then it goes into adults, and I was like, this is but stupid. But look, at, even when they grow up, here's the thing, is that people are saying, well, why would you need the original Shaggy when they don't have the original Fred and all that? I think Zac Efron as Fred from that one line that we said, fine. That's all Fred needs to be. Yeah, like, dude. And then, yeah, and then, <laughs> like, Velma is Amanda Seyfried, and, I mean, Velma is Gina Rodriguez, and Daphne's Amanda Seyfried. Like, fine. The thing is, is that now you get someone cast as Shaggy, and instead of doing their voice like Zac Efron and them are doing, he's it's Will, For it's Will Forte, which I like a lot, but he's doing a Shaggy impression, 
and it sounds like an SNL skit where someone's doing a shaggy impression and it's not quite there. Like that's exactly what it sounds like to me. Where it's like you could have Matthew Lillard or you could have the original Shaggy. But they were Matthew just like Matthew Lillard did a much better and job. And did you see what case. happened on Twitter? It was pretty sad. Someone asked him, they're like, Oh man, why aren't you in this one? He said, Not invited. Here's my It's thing. like Will Forte's not a big box office draw. Why would you why would it matter? The animation looks good. <laughs> <laughs> but we're at a point now where if you get a decent budget behind an animated yeah. movie, it's gonna look good. I know, yeah, that's yeah. what I kinda get excited about. Like that's how I wanted a Scooby Doo animated movie to look. Yeah. But we'll see. i I'll go see it. Why not? I still think Fred's design looks weird. He does look different than the others. All yeah, the other it, ones are that's what true, I'm saying. And then he kinda looks like a smiley emoji. He looks like emoji movie assets. Yeah. But they didn't make it. But the it's Warner Brothers animation group which did Lego. Movie. I hope it's good. That's all. You know, but does it matter so if it is? I didn't think. No, it doesn't. You know what I mean? For like us, if I saw it and I didn't like it, I, I'd forget about it, never watch it again, and it wouldn't mean anything to for me. For me, life. with these types of movies, although they're not original <laughs> ideas, I hope that it brings kids into the theater and make them like Scooby Doo, kind of like how I liked the live action movies when I was a kid. Honestly, there you go. why did they make little Scooby Doo? I don't villain? get why they made little Scooby the villain. Tyler, can you answer that? First of all, it's a little Scoob. <laughs> And uh, no, that movie sucked. <laughs> it, it sucks, but it was but good, it's though. good. I do like it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is <laughs> it sucks, like but it's good though. Yeah, um, I like the part when Scrappy shakes and he gets really big. It's like it's like the end of Arkham Asylum. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> they should make a Batman movie where Scooby Doo is Batman. Do you remember that? Do you remember the yeah, Alvin, the and, Alvin the and the Chipmunks <laughs> Batman? Yeah. And uh, Kenny Rod or no, what is it? Highway to Danger the Danger Zone. Zone plays in it. Yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. I have a VHS of Batman meets Scooby Doo. Do you have a VHS of Batman and Superman <laughs> it's a, movie? It's a cursed video. Never put it in. It's <laughs> literally like the best movie ever. If it's you, like Scooby Doo helps take down the friggin' Penguin and the Joker and stuff. Tyler, if you and if you put that in a VHS player right now, your house will be cursed. Yeah, it's like the Ring. <laughs> I'll show it to you guys after. Yeah. We, we can die together. <laughs> anyway, okay. Adam McKay's set with his next movie, uh, and basically the premise is all that we have so far. And it's two scientists discover that a meteor is going to come in and crash to the Earth, like destroying it. Uh, but no one believes them, so they go on like a press tour to try to convince people that. I'm interested, and I'll tell you why. Adam McKay made my favorite comedy ever. Step Brothers, correct? Oh, yeah. And he also, you'll never find a bigger fan of The Big Short <laughs> than me. I love that movie. I think it's perfect. But Vice kind of fell off for me a little bit as far as his direction went. And I'm a little concerned for his future projects on that. But I'm going to go see this. It's kind of an interesting premise. We've seen Meteor Well, this movies. isn't based on a true story, though, right? Yeah. So maybe this will be more interesting just because it's uh, he's not restrained by the bounds of telling a real story that he has an opinion on. You well, know what I'm saying? it's like, kind of based is... on a true story. Oh, it is? Of climate change. That's it's like a satire based on that. Uh, well, okay. So, well, it is going to be heavily influenced by his own political viewing. Yeah. But... And it's not, I don't even care about his political views. Well, climate change is a little bit different. It just depends how he handles it yeah. with like, how characters are depicted in I completely as agree. people. That's who the don't thing. Like I don't care about it. if a director, an artist, wants to put his viewpoint. No, yeah, in the movie. exactly. The problem I had with Vice is I wanted there's to be multiple scenes where he's like literally looking in the camera. He's like, "Watch this." Yeah, he's like, I "Yeah, agree. you want to see something cool about this? Check this out." Yeah, uh, fish hook. Did I hook you? 
Did that I? That was yeah. really bad. That wasn't like that's not good. It's like, a, it it's was not smart. The shake on the nose. It's the shake yeah, subtle. It's not the smart. Shakespeare scene too. That one made me want. I, I like, think we can on. all agree that a lot of our favorite movies like strike a balance between like subtlety and bold, blunt force, trauma to sure, the head, but trauma to the head. Those movies that are unsubtle are the ones that we don't like. There's, you know what I mean. When when it tells you, you don't have to think for yourself or anything. It's just showing you everything. That's no fun. Nobody I agree. To watch that bullshit. I agree. But bullshit. we'll see how this turns out. Yes. I'm interested, at least. I no, yeah, I'll go see it. I will because, uh, what two out of three of his most recent projects I've loved. And Vice, I didn't hate. It was still a fine movie because I loved the cinematographer, the acting, the score was amazing, and the story is interesting enough. I just think that there's some little, some little kinks in the in the, the story for that. That kind of maybe it rubbed me the wrong way. That's how I put it. Uh, from the Beasts of the Southern Wild director comes a new take on Peter Pan called Wendy and a trailer dropped. And it's about the creation of the restaurant. Uh, correct. No, it's about Wendy, the character from the Peter, P- Peter Pan uh, uh, iconic story. Never have seen it. Peter Pan? Correct. Yes, you have. It's on Disney Plus. You can watch it now. No like excuse we, now, baby. Well, I mean, like we literally it's, watched yeah. it together. But Nate, how old was I? Maybe two and a half, three years old? Or was it younger? <laughs> Older. Oh. Well, I, part of it is that you don't grow old when you're on Never I un- No, I understand the story and the premise. <laughs> I just I do not have any recollection of the movie. Anyways, I think this looks very interesting. An interesting <laughs> take on it. And technically, this is... Why would you ruin our podcast? <laughs> technically, this is the Peter Pan live-action remake for Disney. Since it's Fox Searchlight. It looks like beautiful. Fox. It looks like a documentary. Yeah. It? I think it's cool that it's produced by Fox Searchlight and that it still says Fox Searchlight and not, not Disney yeah. or anything. I really like that. Um, so even though it's under the Disney umbrella, it still feels like it's a separate vision or something. And this movie just looks like it's directed so beautifully. Well, the I mean, it's also been... Is outstanding. Who does the cinematography? Do we know? No, but that's know. what I just said. Like, doesn't it look like you're, like, there? Yeah. The style, you're, like, living with them. Yeah, it was It's very documentary, I'm in this house with you. Now, uh, this movie's been a long time in the making because the guy that direct... Or I don't know who really directed, if it's a woman, that directed Beasts of the Southern Wild, but they haven't made a movie in a long time, and people have been waiting for to see where the, what they do next. So it's kind of anticipated in those circles, and I'm just, based on the trailer alone, I'm super into it. I think it's a very interesting take on this story, and I kind of loved what I saw. It kind of gave me, tr- like, the trailer vibes of uh, Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah, yeah, and that's a Ooh. good trailer. I hated it's that movie. Gr- yeah, but I love the trailer. i never seen the movie. Love the trailer. You know what? I need to watch that movie because oh, I've watched... No, no. I think I like Spike Jones. No. Okay, watch it. I hated that movie. If I like it, Mind you, I, I only watched it when I was 11, but... If I like it, should we fist fight? Oh, yeah, we should fist fight just right so now. So here's the thing. I like Spike Jones. I like Arcade Fire. What Do you think the odds I like this movie are high? A coin I think toss. you'll be bored and you're not going to enjoy it. Okay. Did you look up the cinematographer? No, no, no. no. I, I, I looked it up. It's uh, They haven't done anything I've ever heard of, <laughs> so that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, they did a movie called Victoria... Their name is Sterla Branth Grovelin. Ringing any bells, Nick? I couldn't even tell you what the name was. It already passed out my head. I mean, it's all foreign. <laughs> She's done all foreign films. Some of them with pretty, pretty good average scores on Letterboxd. So, 
They look cool. like, you know. You know what this reminded me she's of? She's clearly talented. Yeah, I know. Watching this trailer, it kind of reminded me of, like, when when do we get a new Lord of the Flies movie? Aren't they already making it? Are they? Yeah. I almost With thought it was Lord of the Flies. Like it That's looks, what I thought. It looks it was more kinda... like Lord of the Flies than it does Peter Pan. Yeah. I think it's it's all girls. I though. thought that was squashed. It could have been Nate. You're the host. You're supposed to. Have I thought it looked. Really... We're all part of this podcast. I barely. I'm fifty percent part. I thought this was interesting. Like, do you think some of these kids die on this island yeah. and can't get off? Yes. That's what I was thinking watching this trailer. It's like these. Some of these kids are toast. Yeah, I think so. I don't I think know. Tell you be should go there darker. and see. Okay. Well. I think they all grow hey, old, and it's going to be sad, say, You know when they ending. say, can we really fly? I hope you think that you jump off a building. <laughs> all right, <laughs> so next, uh, so with the release of Disney+, Plus, um, something interesting is that they also released the Star Wars movies on there, and they're in all of them are in 4K, I believe. Tried it out today. But they also... How'd, uh, how'd it look? It looked amazing. Oh, but, Empire looks uh, great. Disney, Disney Plus crashed on the PS4 when I had 30 minutes left of the movie, so I had to watch the rest on my phone. Um, but they also used George Lucas's final change to A New Hope. Like, they're using that version on it, the which Greedo changes scene. the Greedo scene one more time. And so I watched it. What's the what? What's the I change? Don't care it's barely different. Yeah. What's it's the change? Well, the one thing, extra cut. They get what I appreciate about it, but also it's like why not just go back to where Han just shoots him? But like they got rid of the weird. Have you seen it recently? Yes. Where his head moves? Like it looks like someone went into After Effects and like went around his head and then just shifted it over and back, and that's how he dodges they, the blaster bolt. But now they cut to they cut to Greedo, and then he says like one let. He says I've waited a long time for this. And then he says like a bing bing, and then he goes like. They and then changed it, just cuts it so back Han doesn't look like a murderer, right? Exactly. Like it's, it's like that's what he's supposed to do. But it's not yeah. even that he's a murderer. It's like this guy's coming to kill Han. Han knows it, so he just shoots him first. Yeah. That's like a cool. That's a badass. Yeah, like, I don't that's think why it it's cool. Yeah, that's why people love it. Well, even if you watch the scene now, even with Han not shooting first, it's it's fine. Before the whole thing, he's unclipping his gun and he's taking out his gun before anything, and is even trying to like distract him and stuff. So it's like. Clearly, this is what the scene was supposed to be, so I don't know why they changed it in the first place. But I just wanted to bring up that there's a scene yet again to... I will report back in about two weeks when I get there, and I will give my full review on that 30-second scene. I think you got three weeks, brother. I may start pushing a little bit more and watch a couple come of weeks. What do you mean? Star Wars. Three weeks? Uh, no, no, no. Nick's wa- trying to catch up, but he's been doing one a week. If I watch one a week, will I... No, will... I'm doing... Um, I started Will I be with... caught up? I started with one week for each Star Wars movie. And you but started you're, you're going to be done before, though, if the new one comes out. I'll be done the week before. The week before. I, have, I will be done. I have four more movies, and that leads up to. Oh, I'm really far behind from you. Yeah, so I need to start doing because I still I got seven, eight, Solo, and Rogue One. Oh, I'm, no, no. So I'm equal with. No. Okay. Nope. Nope. You got five, six, seven. You got seven movies. <laughs> Math. <laughs> How many weeks until the movie comes out? Four. I thought it comes out the week Look of the twentieth. It comes out the sixteenth. Oh my god! Okay. What yeah. day is it? Oh, the thirteenth. Yeah, we got four weeks. Oh my god! I'm not. You got to catch up, dude. That much. I'm. Super- I'm not even. If I watch them all or don't, I I told myself before episode seven and eight that I'll watch them all. I didn't saw the Tyler, movies. Look didn't at me. Care. We'll see. Look at me. I feel like it's gonna be like the end game sort of thing, though. Look at yeah, me. Yeah, that's why I want to watch yeah. them all. Look at me. I personally just watched Revenge of the Sith today. I finished the first the prequels. Majority, I'd say, sixty five percent of these movies are garbage. But 
I the way that that movie ends, the battle, the staring with Joel Edgerton, Revenge of the Sith. Joel Edgerton staring off with the two sons. It's one of the best it, endings. Like in Star honestly, Wars. Star Wars for me is more than just like movies. Like of I'm course, so that's excited. what it is for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, I'm so excited for this new movie. And even if it was garbage, I, th- I think I'm gonna have a great time. See, I think just because for whatever reason, when I was a kid. I never owned Star Wars, so I never watched it. I mean, I saw it, like, once at a buddy's house or something, but then I never really cared about it. So I've just never been that big on it. Well, I know. You, it's it, Can it, you, though? Can you care about well, it? Well, it's interesting to me because I feel like there's a lot of stuff just native to Star Wars that I think you would love. The problem is that you got to get through three trash to get to the good stuff. Yeah, so that's the thing. Every time I've gone... I think before episode seven did come out, I said I was going to watch them, and I ended up watching episodes one and two, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, and they're they're absolutely awful. I could not stand watching them, and I watch them with people who are big fans, and I'm just like, I guys, three this is, is not the best fun. one out of the I, I, three is majority of it's good, it's fine. Listen, like, no, because a lot of the battles, a lot of the battles are good. I'm relatively excited to watch three, four, five, and six, so we'll see. Have you seen Rogue One? Have you seen Solo yet? I never saw Solo. I did see Rogue One. I saw Rogue One opening night because I loved Force Awakens, so I was super excited to go see Rogue One, and I thought they really shit the bed. You should have watched Solo because I think Solo's better than Rogue One, and I, th- I would actually be interested to know your thoughts. Did no. you like Solo night? No. It literally has one of my least favorite Star Wars moments ever. Is it when he gets his name? Is one of the worst things. It's ever. like it's so literally it's, one of the worst. It's things like I've literally ever when Scooby Doo gets he, his his name in that animated the trailer. trailer. <laughs> so people, a couple years, like five six years ago, people used to complain or they used to be the thing. I wish, or sometimes you'd hear people say like, I wish Disney didn't own Marvel because it's all it's Disneyified, right? It's that like tone and all this stuff. And I used Don't to say think it. that's not true, but now all it. of their properties are pretty much the, like everything feels the same. There's not a whole lot of distinct qualities to the Force anything. Awakens Star Wars is and a Marvel, good movie. the way the way they're built just feels the same. The I wouldn't characters say that. Are different, I would disagree. But everything just feels. The I same think thing. I think they learned their lesson with Star Wars, and I think uh, they're gonna like in terms of slowing it down. Well, yeah, and I think that they're doing an interesting thing with the Mandalorian and stuff like that. They see what the appeal is of these movies. Um, and they said that they're special and that they're going to try to keep it that way. And my thing is, and this is why I don't mind Disney owning Star Wars, because I know a lot of people have their problems with the original, um, with like the new trilogy that they're doing. Um, but like they were going to make more Star Wars stuff anyways. George Lucas was even talking about doing a Han Solo movie before they even sold it to Disney. My thing is that now that it's in Disney, it's I in think better hands. I think that it's, and but the thing is, is that, now George Lucas is a producer on The Mandalorian. He's there on set, and I think that's good. I think George works great as an overseer. I don't think he does great when it comes to writing stuff and directing stuff. People say, hey, he directed A New Hope. Yeah, sure he did, but his wife saved it in the edit room. That's a popular story, and everyone knows that. And you go and watch Return of the Jedi, which he started to have more of a hand in, and then you start to see that shift to where the prequels ultimately go. And I think that... It's in better hands, so if they're going to keep making uh, Star Wars movies, I like The Force Awakens a lot. I really do. I do. Last Jedi, misstep. Let's see what goes on with Rise of Skywalker. I like The Mandalorian so far. I like the third act of Rogue One. I hated Solo. 
I got to be straight up with you. George Lucas was going to take Star Wars in a terrible route. Wasn't he going to make like an Osmosis Jones mitochlorian level? That was movie? one of the ideas that he had. Yeah, it's not a good idea. So it isn't. And to be honest, all the problems with the prequels is writing and directing. Those just, actors are fully capable. Every actor on that screen is capable. We've seen great performances from them. That shows that the director failed those movies. With with Star Wars, I just feel like um, they rushed out too many movies at once. But I feel like the, the individual movies, the Rogue Ones, the Han Solos, and that thing can stand on their own. And they can do as many of those as they want. But as far as the main story and the big trilogy, slow those down, right? Take your time with them. Because the TV shows and the animated things and the books and all that... That that's your Star Wars story. All the diehard fans have all these things to feast on in between these movies. But let these big movies breathe. Like, that's a thing. Don't start. That, they said they're going to do that. Though, don't now. start episodes 10, 11, 12 or whatever oh, right away. Give us give us I, ten years. I know? think they're done with the Skywalker saga. I think they Ryan Johnson will have his trilogy where it's going to be a different direction. And that's why I'm excited for the Mandalorian to see where it goes. I honestly hope it's kind of more contained. I, I like, also hope it's very good so it can at least carry. Yeah, you know the Star Wars still being alive without you know a feasting on nostalgia and the old characters of yesteryear. Well, what, what they need to do is either go back and do a Knights of the Old Republic, which oh, would be awesome. Right? That's what everyone talks about, or go way ahead and just tell a new story yeah. in the universe. Yep. that's the two I completely options. agree. And my thing too is that I saw like a lot of negative comments about uh, Mandalorian. Um, were about like either the pacing or that they just didn't find it interesting because there's no real connection to. You're one episode in. Well, the thing that's is the that thing. there's no real connection to Je- like the characters that we know. It's like uh, that's what I'm most excited about. Is it's like we've seen these characters, and the thing is, is that George Lucas has forced these characters down our throats, even in the prequels, where it's like it's only these people. Everything only happens to these people. Yeah, and I'm fine. Nothing else is me... happening in all 1,000 yeah. stars. That's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. There were seven people. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> mattered. Yeah, that's the thing. Where I'm like, I'm glad that we're getting. A bounty hunter that just goes and does stuff, and I'm sure they're gonna tie it in. I like I had this prediction that he's gonna be the one that f- is goes on a mission to retrieve Luke's lightsaber. Like I think he's gonna be like some tie into the new sequel trilogy. Like It'd be that. cool, yeah. But I I like what they're doing so far with it, and I hope that I agree. And I'm own. you know what I'm excited for the Force uh, Unleashed <laughs> TV show. See, that's why I I I'm interested to watch the Mandalorian because I do like the idea of Star Wars and like. It's a great sci-fi world. That's like, why I think you like Lightsabers it. and the Force and all these different things. But to me, the stories that they choose to tell in the movies are just not that interesting and not as good as they, I want them to be. So yeah. maybe The Mandalorian will be the Star Wars show for me and that you know I'll what? really enjoy. Well, me, Tyler, you haven't watched episode one yet? No. Well, me and A will just touch on it briefly a little bit later, but I, I had some good thoughts about it. Um, yeah, well, to get there, uh, just a few to more things there, to touch yeah. on. Uh, like the Sonic redesign came out with the new trailer. Looks uh, the movie look, the Sonic looks great. Yeah, that's how Sonic. Yeah, the, mov- the movie looks. Design. The movie looks bad. It yeah. looks like every other movie that has a CGI character in it. Like someone compared it to Elvin and the Chipmunks, and I was like, that's exactly it. Whereas the CGI character annoys the live action character, and they have some weird back and forth. Gotta and then be at honest the end, though, they people, friends. people on Twitter are like assuming these animators going back and fixing it. We're like 
worked ungodly hours and stuff like that. I'm sure they are compensated just fine. There's no evidence proving that they're overworked or anything like that. So people need to kind of stop. There is pump the brakes. Just because they had to go back and fix something doesn't mean that they were working 60 hours. And weeks. here's the thing as well. There is evidence of visual effects people being overworked. But the thing is, is that they literally delayed the movie for this. So I think that that should be evidence yeah. enough that maybe we can keep it goodwill with this one. Like and also until it, something comes out. And I'll be least. honest. The CGI looks fine. Like, the design looks great, but the CGI looks like it doesn't, it doesn't belong in the world. So it's yes. like, I don't know. <laughs> so what I don't understand is how... I, I, it seems that these movies always fail when you look at the Smurfs and Alvin and the Chipmunks and all... Like you guys said, the every Smurfs time there's were, a, Oh, no, it's Trolls. That was the hit. Every Good time the there's kids. a CGI character with a live-action world, it's awful. People don't like it. They don't respond to it. So why do the studios keep doing this? Doesn't it seem like the smarter route would be to just make a really good-looking animated movie with Sonic needing to go after the real Dr. Robotnik, and you just make a cool uh, Yeah, I don't know why we didn't get a Sonic movie. animated movie. It'd yeah, be, imagine if good. it just looked similar to Onward. Or, it might or even just... be cheaper than how much this movie cost. Exactly. Yeah, because then you have to bring in Jim Carrey. Just and then have you him come in for it... two weeks to voice hack. Yeah. But then you make it more like the Sonic video games, where it's not actually like a video game, but it looks and feels more like it. It can be more fun and like... And with animation, you can do to... some crazy stuff with Sonic's powers. Yeah, where you're not... and you can make him do the gold Super Saiyan stuff with the power gem, the, the crystal chaos, gem, chaos, chaos crystals. And it's that's it's what more called. true to the form factor that Sonic was founded yeah. on. So what is... Like, I just don't understand the point of why they have to root like so you not can put even the- human faces on there so that the parents can go see it with the kids too and my thing is that uh do you think we get a post-credit scene of shadow it doesn't matter nate no i know it's going to be one of those things where you get a post-credit scene and then it never you gets think made tails and knuckles will be in it you'll yeah. get a i think they'll be in the beginning where he's in his world and then he comes over nate, what was that movie called or the video game shadow called? the hedgehog no that we play Sonic Adventure 2 oh, amazing game <laughs> follow me I love it that's a great game yeah, um, a great song but great song great Sonic game the Hedgehog 3 fan big Sonic spinball the Sonic pinball game on oh, Sega. I love pinball that was a good game real question is do you think Chows will be in this I hope so who Chows that's what we play in this <laughs> it's Sonic little, it's little pets. They're the little, Sonic world. They're like um, Nintendogs yeah it's like so they go they went back and changed Sonic uh, I don't think that's going to affect the box office for this movie at all. This movie is going to make the exact same amount of money whether Sonic looked like he did then or so he does what, a billion now. or two? Billion. Nothing. How about the people calling yeah. Avengers Endgame a cult classic? On no, that that people was calling weird. Joker. People calling Joker a cult classic. Are people Both st- of these are weird. Do people not know what a cult classic is? I don't know. Like, is? are you stupid? The, the Room <laughs> is a cult classic. Yeah. People... There's Correct. a weird following Literally, of a movie that did bomb. If, 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 if it makes... A profit at the theater. <laughs> a cult classic. Yeah, it's a mo- that's a movie that general audiences went saw on like that's the opposite of a cult following. A like cult Joker made a small body of people that love and support a movie a jo- long yeah. time after its release. Yeah, Joker made a billion dollars. Not a cult classic. I'm sorry. <laughs> Avengers Endgame, highest grossing movie of all time. Sorry, not, not a cult a, classic. It can be called, called a classic. classic. Yeah, yeah it's a legit- classic. Yeah, it came out this year, and right, it'll think- be a classic in 20 years because everybody on the planet Earth has heard about it. Yeah. Everybody, most people will own a copy of it or have a way of watching it at all times. And I think both of those movies are going to be ones that people look back on when it comes to Super cinematic has- history. Yeah, for absolutely, like places which is fine, but that's not a cult classic. And I think it's very interesting that both of those came out in the same year, kind of like yes, in a true. in a way very culty. And no, in a way like 
and I know people, and I'm sort of agreeing with this with the superhero fatigue and everything, but I feel like just those coming out in the same year shows the range of what you can do with these characters and how it can still be profitable and still be interesting. So it's not going to be ending anytime soon? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Do you think it ever ends? Never. Like, yeah. Will well, I die before it yeah. ends? What's next? Uh, zombies again. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Anyway. We'll go back to vampires, something like that. Uh, hey, shouts out to the Pirates of the Caribbean movies being on Disney Plus, by the way. I added one, two, and three. Yep. Going to be watching those. Yep. Black I can't Curse of the Black Pearl is an outstanding Dead movie. Man's Chest is the best one. No. Nope. I've only seen Dead Man's Chest and At World's End one time each in the movie theater, and I don't remember them at all. So I remember the wheel, spinning wheel fight action scene in two, yep. and I remember... Oh, yeah. Okay. The little kid singing at the beginning of three about people dying. Yeah. That's the only so thing. So here's the thing. The this is my Pirates of the Caribbean breakdown. One, amazing. Outstanding. Like, I love it. Gore Verbinski, beautiful eye. Yeah. Uh, two, fun. It's just fun. It's is not that the greatest chef? movie ever. Yeah. It's, That's the best one. It's fun. Special uh, Davy Jones. Davy Jones, still outstanding. Amazing and a great villain. Three, not that great. Ending though is phenomenal. Like, is that I when they're in the hurricane? Act. I love that action That's sequence good. so much. Honestly, Tyler, what was see, the one? I kind of remember that where they're spinning. Oh, they're around fighting in a like... hurricane, dude. Are you kidding? Tyler, me? Or what's like the a one we went whirlpool? That, that just the came out. One. That sucked. Curse of the Dead Man No Tail. I have to, Dead I, Man Tail No Tail. I have to admit, it. it's Her- garbage. But absolutely, the horrendous. ending action scene when they're on the seafloor, cool. that was cool. It was awful, Nick. Everything about that movie was awful. The action was fine. I hated it. So, on, Pir- and then Pirates of the Caribbean 4, trash. What is that called? Pirates of the Caribbean 5, Tides. haven't seen it. Don't How many are there? Honestly, five. you should watch 5 because it's horrible. I'm going to watch all of them. <laughs> it's that. Na- I can't imagine. The, the, the can we watch is- On Stranger Tides together because I've never seen yeah. one? I've, I'll watch them all with you. I've seen I've seen the scene in 5 that if you know what I'm talking about. Like, the ending scene? Like with Will Turner. Is that spoilers? <laughs> oh, when he comes back and he kisses Kira Knightley and out she of nowhere, and one she of the has no lines. Ever. Yeah, it's one of the worst endings I've. They're seen both in, in the. Movie. I think they're both in the movie at the end. That's it. Like they both show up at the end to kiss, so the movie can end. They said, "Hey, remember this." And I, I, I always thought at the end of three, like I was like that, like I thought that was a fun, like a great ending to that series. Yeah, because he, that's because it ends with him having to leave, leave to be Davy Jones, yeah. right? So she has to go away, but she's not with Jack because she doesn't. Yeah, because But Jack, they kind of had a thing, right? There was, I don't know, there was always a love triangle. That's why it always bothered me because I always wanted her to pick. Jack? No. Will, dude. Yeah, Will's That's the better. better character. But, like, it ends with it ends with him coming back, like, one of the times that he comes back and they go to the island and they make the main character for five. Spoiler alert. Horrible movie, dude. Anyway, um, Disney Plus is a cool service. It's just not the most content in the world. So, like, I went through and, and added, went through every movie and every show and added things to my watch list that I want to see. And I, I really don't see it taking that long <laughs> to get through it all. Speaking of which, Netflix. add Kim Possible to your queue. No. Netflix. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and say it, Nick. Netflix reached out to Nickelodeon. No, they just today. came. I don't no, think. they started hanging out, and they said, hey, why don't we team up? Because we're going to freaking bomb. Now they were not no. going to bomb. But that'd be super. I, I, instead of TV, because all these streaming services are coming, I have a feeling, what if like Warner Brothers puts out their own streaming service? So then they are. their you whole cable. They are? HBO Max is Warner Brothers. What about, like, what about Universal, then? I don't know. Because think about... So, 
all these companies have way more movies and properties than you think they do and they all have so much stuff to watch where it's like i wouldn't be surprised if they just put out their own streaming services where you subscribe for six to ten bucks for each of them you subscribe to four or five of them you have basically a limitless supply of movies and shows to watch so then it's cable and you lose your internet access just get a hot spot from me at verizon okay but yeah uh so um nickelodeon teaming up with original content uh movies and shows based on ip and new uh battle of my childhood they better put the originals on there also what's the point I think I think it would be dumb for them not to put Avatar and Korra on there when they're making the live action Avatar. Like I don't know. Also, I'm kind of pissed that because I never watched Invader Zim as a kid, but like people love it. Wait, all this is coming to what? Netflix. One hundred percent. Well, they're working with Nick. They partnered with Nickelodeon. So they're going to bring all Nickelodeon old shows. I don't know. They SpongeBob just, every they season. They should. They should. They partnered with Nickelodeon. That'd be so, pretty sweet. Whatever that means, but. Like, they released, because they've been doing this for a little bit recently. Like, they have a Rocky, Rocco's Modern Life um, TV movie coming for that. They had an Invader Zim, like, TV movie come to Netflix. But then they, like, don't have Invader Zim on this. So it's like, why would I watch that if I haven't watched the show? And it's, like, impossible to watch the show if, like, so that's why I'm hoping that it kind of. Same with the Danny Phantom live action movie they're making. Are they? No, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. No. Did that make you mad? Yeah, I want Danny Phantom, but I want it to be, like, an animated movie. Like, almost like the Scooby-Doo. Dude, if they add Danny Phantom to Netflix, I'm literally watching all of it again. I love that show so much. It's overhyped. No, it's not often you get an original I superhero. I want to watch Hey Arnold. And it's made by the guy it's that awesome. made Fairy, Fairly Odd Parents. So, you know, Butch it's going to be good. Yeah. And he kills it. Oh, Fairly, oh, if they put all Fairly Odd Parents on Netflix, Goat show. Dude. Honestly, hot take. No, I'm not even going to say it. I, I was going to say opinion, Two Scorcher better than SpongeBob. No. I don't SpongeBob's know, I don't know why, ever, but I was always a Cartoon Network kid. I preferred Foster's Home you for Imaginary like Friends, Grim Adventures of Billy, Billy and Mandy. Mandy. Yeah, didn't I, you? I preferred those You shows. do have that school shooter energy aura about uh, you. <laughs> blow them up, blow them up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I need. To, I do need to rewatch uh, Codename Kids Next Door. They better oh, put that on Netflix. Oh, uh, no. So good. I think that'd probably be Is on hey HBO. Is Hey Arnold Nickelodeon? Yes. Hey Arnold? I want to hey rewatch Arnold. that. Hey Arnold's just bad. Is it bad? Yeah, hated that show. It's stupid. Hey, look at me. Look at me in the eyes. Look at me in the eyes. It's good. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see what happens. It's a battle for my childhood. Let's see who puts out the better content. Well, honestly, I'm more. I'm more hyped. Like I was like, okay, yeah, Nickelodeon and Netflix. That's fine. But, like, Danny Phantom really got me on the hype train for this one. At the end of the day, competition is great. And if Nickelodeon and Netflix can fight Disney, <laughs> then the poor still lose. <laughs> then uh, Parasite happens. Yep. Um, I think that's it when it comes to news. All right. So we can move into what we watch. I think the big one that we'll talk about is Parasite because we've all seen that recently. So, uh, Nick, do you want to start off with what you watched recently? Yeah, I'll start And off. then the ones that we've seen that Tyler hasn't. We'll save that till I talk about it, and then we'll touch on it a little bit. Okay, well, quick question for you guys. Did I talk about Attack of the Clones last time? Mm, I don't think you no. talked about it on the pod. So let me discuss that really fast. I watched Attack of the Clones. Um, I definitely think it's the weakest one. There's some bright spots in it. It's still a Star Wars movie, but it just it, there's not much that's good about it. And my biggest problem... There's nothing good about it. So I'm going to kind of go out of order. Music. I'm going to kind of lump it in. I watched Revenge of the, S- Revenge of the Sith. Uh, the acting, I feel like, got a little bit better. The direction, I think, in general, was a little bit better for this movie. The battles are great. Some iconic Star Wars moments. 
I think that when Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting, it may be a top five movie score ever. It's, it's but insane. you just skipped over Attack of the Clones. Well, no, I'm kind of lumping them together because I want to go to a, a point on the prequels that I kind of realized. I understand that Star Wars uh, came out with books that people adore, came out with television shows that people adore. But at the end of the day, the movies are always going to reign king. And the problem I have with the prequels and George Lucas as a world builder is he introduces all these interesting characters. For example, the Jedi um, that you see die in Order 66 and Revenge of the Sith. Like, for example, growing up when I was a kid, Kit Fisto. <laughs> I, don't know, Clone Wars. I don't know what it was, but I really liked Kit Fisto. He was cool looking, uh, green lightsaber, green person. He was cool. My problem with the movies is they introduce these characters and the prequels are so bad at handling all the side characters that their deaths are laughable. Like Palpatine kills Kit Fisto in 10 seconds. So my problem with that is even if Disney moves forward and dives into these interesting characters and their backstories and makes good content, the prequels have already ruined these characters because their death means nothing. All these Jedi... That die during Order 66. It's a joke. I think Order 66 is a great thing. It is. It was but, executed poorly. It but was, the thing is, is that... Execute Order 66. Like, even, even just the deaths of the Jedi, like, I think it could have been done better. But, like, the people that die by the clones, yeah. I think, are better deaths than the... Yep. The literally people the that, 15 people that go, like, or, like, three people that go in with Mace Windu and literally just die instantly. That's my problem. Is what there, about when all the little kids get chopped in half? Correct. In Skywalker? correct. But do you yeah. guys understand what I'm saying? Like, that, that happens, and his turn is completely laughable. It should have been he. It should have started with Attack of the Clones. That's how old he is, and it should have been a whole arc of him well, instead again, of like a little hint in Attack of the Clones and then full blown evil at the end. So we kind of of Revenge of the We kind of touched on this before that I haven't watched all the movies in a long time, but from what I remember, Re- Revenge of the Sith, it is better than the other ones, and I feel like that's because that's the only one that George had planned out. He knew what Revenge of the Sith yeah. was going to be when he thought of the story, right? Because that's the end. That's the moment. Oh, I can. This is what I want to do. This is when Obi Wan. But it's and the build Vader up to fight. that that he didn't know how to tell. And even in Revenge of the Sith, he kind of struggles to get to that yeah. ending. Do you guys understand what I'm saying though? Because like, there's so many interesting characters in Star Wars, and a lot of them lost their shine because of these movies. Because the movies are king. But what I'm saying is. I would love to see a Kit Fisto show, like even if it's a television show, a Mace Windu backstory. I don't care. That's the thing. That's the problem is I don't know if I could watch those and be like, oh, that's awesome. Because then I go flip on Revenge of the Sith and see that they're a joke. So I think that's just a problem with you. Maybe it is. Do you see where I'm coming from? Yeah, but at the same time, I think that that's kind of unfair for you to. Cause like Clone Wars is canon. Like that's a canon show. Like that's all the all the stuff that happened. What's King Canon, Nate? Uh, Nick Cannon hosts Masked Singer. No, but King that's Cannon, what I'm, King DDD, that's what I'm Big saying. Hammer. People love the TV shows, and I'd love to watch them. But what I'm saying is, the movies are always going to be top tier as far as what the, if what if the Mandalorian ends up being phenomenal? I hope so. What if it ends up being a big fat dud? I don't know. What? I have faith in John Favreau to at least give me an entertaining thing. Nick, I wanted to ask you, what was your score for Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith? Uh, Attack of the Clones was a one and a half star. <laughs> but so a why heart. do you still give it a one and a half? What what positives can you still take away from the very bad movie? It's oh, here's the thing. I love Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. I so you still lo- like him in it? Yep, I do like. I love seeing the Jedi Council and together because obviously that's not a thing in the, the four through six. How bad like was also, how bad was the scene when he goes to the space place to fight Jango Fett? It's terrible. 
It's, it's laughable. All, no, it's I laughable. I want to Nick would eat It's not. The movie's been good. No. <laughs> I like when they explode. How bad does that explosion look when then Obi-Wan like gets blown away or whatever? It's yeah. not good. And Nate, you know what? You were right. The battle at the end is like uh, Daenerys' army. It's, it's like, bad, man. But it's still a Star Wars movie. It plays, like, it plays a role, and it's still characters that I hate to say it, but I enjoy. The prequels. So that's what kind of bumps that up. John Williams is amazing. And you know what? There's some good shots in these movies, too, that are just like, I that's think, Star Wars, baby. I think the final shot in Attack of the Clones is the best part of the whole movie. What is it, if you can remind me? And uh, the only I gave it one and a half stars as well. Oh, it's when they're getting married. Correct. And the only reason why I like I gave it one it's and a half Williams. stars is literally their love theme, which is it hurts me to say but like their love theme is one of my favorite pieces of musical score ever. Is it? Ever. Does it play when they're on Naboo? Yeah, it plays the in the worst movie. part. <laughs> See, that's the, the direction is because is I've never noticed actually. the music in those scenes because I'm so just bad. I'm just like watching them and it makes me sick. But but in the ending, I love the ending of it. Where it's like them yeah. getting married and you see Anakin's robot hand. It just could have been so much better, man. I feel like the ending of all of the Star Wars movies allude to something like, like that's why I like it. Yeah. But then you realize that you just watched two hours of some of the worst CGI. And you know I've what? That's seen. how I feel with Revenge of the Sith. I gave that a three and a half star. Three and a half. Yes. I do not think that movie is anywhere close to being as bad as Attack of the Clones. It's still I great. think that there's there's more iconic Star Wars scenes in this. There's just more action. There's more interesting plot points. Hello there. General Kenobi. Anyway, you, or what does he say? That's a bold move, or you're a bold one. Anyway. It's just like going to the Attack of the Clones, though, like, Count Dooku could have been such a cool character. Well, if that's, yeah, okay, that's the character. problem with the prequels. If you think about how good these could be. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, is that there's they allude to so many fantastic stuff where it's like, that should have been a movie m- more so than anything. Literally, Count Dooku, from my understanding, is like a Jedi that goes undercover with the Sith and then once Qui-Gon dies, he he starts to rethink everything, and he recognizes that maybe the f- like people that use the Force, there shouldn't be this many, and that we should only have like a few number. And, going- and that's why he joins the Sith and says there should be two people that can use the Force, because right now it's getting crazy, and the Jedi are basically ruling everything. And, and going I was like, back to oh, that point. That's such an awesome point. And it's and like, how Dooku sucks in the movie. And dude. going oh, back to that point, <laughs> going back to that point I made earlier, Nate, about how there's so many interesting characters cut short. That's my main gripe because I don't know what it was with the prequels, but there's a villain. The same movie. That. Same movie. They have to die. You don't understand anything. And then in these newer movies, they're like, hey, you should care about that character because they're actually really interesting. But it's like it's, I just saw a movie where they literally don't matter and they are de- and they die. It's similar to the Marvel movies. It is. The villain comes in and it dies. Like Darth Maul, very interesting character. And, and he's still I would alive. Lo- yeah. But guess what? In that movie, he's literally what, what stupid. What show can I watch him in? Uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. So he's in Clone Wars. Is that the one where he fights with spider legs? Yes. So can I watch that? Because I've heard that's cool. Yeah, Clone Wars is great. Like It I'm takes sure a little bit to get going. Is that in the movie or the show, Clone Wars? No, no, no. It's in the <laughs> show. What's the mo- the animated movie, Clone Wars? That is like a collection of three episodes. Oh, it's not an actual movie. It's a movie, but it's like basically. If I watch the show, do I see that movie in within the no, show? No, you watch. It's because there's all. It's kind of honestly screwed up a little bit, like because of the airing order, because it's a cartoon. But it, you can look up on like the Star Wars website. They have chronological order of Clone Wars, and then you watch like three episodes. You watch the movie. You watch like two more, and then you can go into season one, and then watch season one, watch season two, watch season three, watch season four, watch season five. Okay, and I think. Season six, and then I think they're doing season seven. Is Clone Wars after? 
No, it's Clone all Wars. before Attack of the Clones, right? No, no, no. Clone Wars takes place in between two and three. Okay. So wrapping up on Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith, I think, is definitely the best of the prequels. Um, it's also played a huge part in my childhood. It's lots of fond memories of collecting the watches from Burger King with uh, Nate and I, and then going to see the movie after my final day of second grade. And falling and falling in love with General Grievous, and then I see the movie and go like, eh. he dies. Yeah, and I was like, that's. Even uh, as a kid, I was like, oh, that's. I liked fighting him in Lego Star Wars. Yeah, I used to, I love playing as him in Lego Star Wars. <laughs> but then moving on, I watched a garbage. C movie on Netflix horror movie this weekend when I was a little buzz called Soul to Keep. Uh, terrible horror movie. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, but... Uh, I've heard of that one. Who... No, I think you're thinking of the one that came out in 2010. This one came out in 2018. That one's pretty interesting. I think that one's called... Uh, My Soul to Take? Yes. This is called Soul, Soul to Keep. Yeah. The average rating on Letterboxd is 2.2. <laughs> It's 94 mm. minutes, and if you click on any of the actors on the letterbox, they have no headshot, so you know that they've been in a lot. Mm. Um, Why did you watch this? Uh, I was in Madison visiting some friends, and, and the, they picked the living room put it on. And, and I said, I guess this. I'll watch this. It's not very often I seek out a bad movie. Uh, was it fun to watch at least? Yes, we were roasting the characters. It was a good time, okay. but what I'm well, saying is the movie technically, uh, it was garbage. Trash. But So then I finished up that atrocity. Seeing in three consecutive day, consecutive days, Parasite, Jojo Rabbit, and Doctor Sleep, and we will all we'll talk about those when yeah. it's more appropriate. What what was your rating for Revenge of the Sith? Stars three and a half. Okay. Um, should it go to me or you, Nate? You can go, Tyler. Okay, because so we have some, me and you have some commonalities that we can talk about. That's right. Um. Well, so I think the first thing that I watched since the last time we talked was just Inside Lewin Davis, which is what we watched together, Nate. Money. Um, Money. Had, we didn't really talk about it a whole bunch that mm. night after we watched it together. So for me personally, I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. It's absolutely one of my favorite movies ever. I just really identify with Oscar Isaac's character and kind of his motivations and, and personal philosophies in life and stuff. And I just like... I like his attitude and how he handles everything that keeps happening to him. Just a string of unfortunate luck. And it's like he's so talented and phenomenal. But I don't know. I love that movie. I think it's super funny. All the performances yeah. are great. The Joel and Ethan Coen, just, they just know how to write these weird like offbeat drama comedies that yeah. are just super good. Yeah. The music I, is the music. It can't plus. get much better. Yeah, the music is phenomenal. I absolutely love how it was shot. All the performances are great. I love the conversations in it. Um, it's just for me, it's like the Coen Brothers are just such an interesting bunch. How they can just do all these different types of movies and knock it out of the park. Um, would you guess? Yeah, would, I love. I love. I loved it a lot, and I really enjoyed it. I'm um, glad you liked it, man. Yeah. Um, it's I, hard I, not I'm not. Like su- I'm not surprised that yeah, I loved it amazing. too. It's like it's one amazing. of those ones that was always on my watch list. <laughs> would you guys say that the Coen Brothers are some of the best directors ever? Oh, 100 percent. Because they agree. rarely miss. Like they hit way more than they miss. And when they hit, they hit they a freaking home run. Every I just time. like within the past five seconds thought about all their movies, and it's absolutely insane how many bangers they have. Yeah, hail They're, Caesar. They made my favorite movie ever. I like running around in the new Call of Duty with a monolithic suppressor on all my shotguns because then I feel like uh, Javier Anton Bardem. Shakur. I feel like Anton Sugar from freaking No Country for Old Men. Ching! Don't put it in your pocket. People out. Oh. Don't put it in your pocket. I love when he shoots the guy in the shower. Spoilers. Closes the curtain. 
My favorite is when he kicks open the door and the guy goes to turn on the light and he shoots his hand and then all his fingers are hanging off. And I said, oh, my God. <laughs> God, that movie is, oh, yeah, my it's God. It's just amazing dude. the range that. The I know, that's what's crazy but, to me. But in the range that they have, their movies all do have similar tones and yeah, styles, yeah, yeah. which makes it, you know, it's, it's just You know kind of what you're thing. getting. Yeah. It's just what. Which one are they going to lean more towards is right. kind of the thing. Because I think No Country for Old Men is pretty much straight drama for the most part. Yeah. There's, like, some interesting dark humor bits, but it's pretty much. Right. Yeah, there's still all those weird little moments. So, like, is that even supposed to be funny? Yeah. What, what are they yeah. saying? But that's what I love hey, about inside it. Inside Lewin so. Davis, thumbs up. Oscar Isaac, what a dude. dude he's really got a good. voice on him. Yeah. Good singer. Um, after that, watch Batman Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs> What a fantastic animated film. <laughs> uh, have I ever seen that, Nate? Yeah, we watched. Well, I mean, as a kid, you want to do oh, a Peter yeah. Pan thing again? I thought I forgot the story, and then when I started watching it, it all kind yeah. of clicks when you're watching it. It all comes back to you. <laughs> it's no, just Mud really. Sling, not a, nowhere he's in to the be rise found. of Sinju. Sinju, the video game. It's just really well done. There's quite a few characters with the different mob bosses, so the story's like relatively complex for a little kid's animated movie yeah. with a superhero in it. I love the. Um, the original character that's kind of a villain, or the, the the phantasm, um, the character design. What does he look like? Uh, well, looks like the Grim Reaper. Yes, I've seen it. Awesome design, awesome voice, awesome character, awesome twist. Does the he whole, have a, the is whole red involved in his costume. Wrong. Either? It's gray and black. Yeah, it kind of it's kind of similar to Batman in a way, but yeah. co- almost cooler. Like I almost wish Batman looks like Phantasm. Anyway, it's just really, really, really good. It literally has though. Mask of the Fa- like. What I appreciate is that it's just a great Batman story. Um, yeah, it's, it's like about an origin Bruce Wayne, story like that's said, not just ne- fun. Yeah, which is not necessarily like the origin story that we're used to, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. And it literally has one of my favorite Batman moments ever. Maybe tops like stuff in the Dark Knight. Which moment? Like I love when he. Like how it's, I guess, animated and everything when he puts on the mask for the first time. And it's like the score and everything in that scene. It's like he's silhouetted holding the mask. He puts it on and he turns towards Alfred. And then Alfred goes like, my God. And then he walks by him and it's like, oh, my God, it's so good. And the music kicks in and then he gets in the freaking battle. You're like, what the heck, dude? Batman is the coolest thing ever. (laughs) And I just hope that the all I could think about after watching it is like, Let's let's do this for the new Batman movie, you know. But we'll see what we get. But yeah, Mask of the Phantasm is great, and I, it's just the style of like the uh, Tim universe, the Bruce Tim or whatever his name is, uh, Paul Dini and them. He just nailed Batman. Yeah, it's awesome. Also, Mark Hamill as Joker is always a plus. <laughs> great voice. Yes. The only thing I was missing, I could have been a little Harley Quinn in there and make it a little more fun. A little Harley Quinn spice. Um, but then he wouldn't be married to the and also just kind of stinks that because it's a made-for-TV movie, it's only seventy minutes. Yeah, it's like shorter. you almost wish it, wish it, it was could longer. be another twenty minutes or so just to you know get a little more story in there, a little more I depth. Agree. But it's still very good. Yes. Um, the other thing it I came watched, to theaters though, huh? It was in theaters. I wish I got to see it in theaters. Yeah, I know. The other thing I watched was uh, Guillermo del Toro's Spanish I saw horror that. fantasy film Chronos. Um, I went to Barnes & Noble, tried to do a little Criterion sale shopping, and I ended up walking out of there with the Guillermo del Toro trilogy, the Kronos, Devil's Backbone, and Pan's Pan, Labyrinth. I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth. I'll have to show you this box because it's awesome. Like, just the collection that it kind of, like, how they designed it is pretty cool. Um, Kronos is a good movie. Not super great, but it's really good. I like the themes in it. Ron Perlman's in it, and he's awesome. And I didn't realize, I didn't know Ron Perlman and Guillermo del Toro had worked with each other so early in both of their careers. They're friends. It was it was really funny, and I liked his character. 
Um, it just wasn't great, like, but it was good, and I would recommend watching it. And you especially get to see Del Toro's craft. Like, he's very good at you know where he wants to put the camera in his eye. But the practical effects are also excellent, and this is really where he starts to showcase That's the that. GDT so special. it's a lot of fun. I'd recommend giving it a watch because so it's kind of half Spanish, half English. Okay, cool. And then the only other movie I watched, guys, was the one we all watched. Okay. So, and we all watched it together because we are friends. Yeah. I talked about Train to Busan on the last one, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. you did. Yes, you um, did, Nathan. So yeah, Mask of the Phantasm and Inside Lewin Davis both loved that. Uh, watched Doctor Sleep. Um, I was very middle of the road with this one. I have no itch to watch it again i walked out of it i was like okay that was that and i'm done for what dr sleep oh should i touch on yeah um i think that ewan mcgregor does a great job i love the direction in a lot of most of the scenes i like kind of mike flanagan's style but i just i don't know i think he kind of writing no i don't i like it's just one of those things where it's like it just didn't click just this i don't i didn't like what it was (laughs) <laughs> like, does that make sense where I think yeah. that he kind of backed himself into a corner trying to adapt this book uh, and tie it into, and the, tied into the movie and the just the overall premise just didn't capture me that well. Um, they do some cool camera stuff yeah, that I really appreciate. And that's my favorite part of the whole movie. And I know you know exactly what I'm talking about where like I was I end. was like, no, no. It's like in the middle, like yeah. right in the middle. It, I was like. Okay, so this is where we're going, and I was like a thousand percent on board. If I know, that's kind of why I'm. But leaving. then it does it kind of meander and towards the end. Just, but like the ending, are you talking about kind of like the Get Out type stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. China. But that here's was, my thoughts on that it. That was not good. I, I, I took some notes because I'm trying to be more responsible. China. <laughs> it could, here's the thing. It could have been a lot worse following up one of the most iconic movies exactly. of all time. Not even just horror movies. It was fine. It was it was decently entertaining. I was watching it, wasn't dozing off, wasn't checking my clock or anything like that. But here's my thing. No, it's long. It, it's and too it, long. You feel it. And there's an hour you long You feel it prologue. at the end. You feel it at the end for me. What? There's an hour prologue. Does it say prologue? It no. says it there's does too many, all this too stuff. Many cities. It says all this stuff for an hour, and then it just says eight years later. And you're like, I agree. Oh. And Ewan, Ewan, he's good in it. I hated the way this movie looked for a majority of it. The color grade, it, people are just like overdoing it now. Is it shot on? Th- that's just how Mike Flanagan read. This is how no, Mike I don't Flanagan think it was. But like the color grade is like very kind of it chapter one. But I think that was done in a more effective it's way. What it looks like is it, is like it looks yellow? like yellow because it's kind of no, that yellow. No, it's like very. What uh, the shadows have like a teal tint to them. It's not orange and teal. What it looks like is Mike Flanagan stuff. It looks like Hill House. Yep. Like that's. Oh, well, I didn't like. see Hill House, but Hush and Oculus, all all those do look very similar. My biggest gripe. I don't like his movies that much. My biggest honest. gripe. I like Hill House a lot. My I, big, I do want to watch it, but go ahead. My no, biggest gripe. Your biggest gripe with Doctor Sleep, and it's well, one's time. Nate's right. It's way too long. Number two, they reshot and recast. And to reshoot these scenes from The Shining. The Who cares? F- Just re- rip them from the movie. It's a direct sequel. May is, as well. Is it weird that it's funny that I literally didn't care? Like I did, You didn't they, care about the movie. No, no, no. Like I was when it got to the ending, I was like, "Oh, I wonder how this is going to pan out." But even when they started doing old Shining stuff, I didn't I was like, "Okay." It bothered me. I don't know and why. And it's not because I'm a stickler for the original. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah. Did you guys look why. up to see if that's how the book ends as well? Well, I know for it's a thousand over. percent. No, no, no. I know for a thousand percent that it's not how the book ends. 
So they I left it wide if open. This movie would have been better if he just didn't try to make a sequel to the movie at all and just did what the book is. Well, what I will say, and the biggest positive that I can say to this, is that, like for most of it, like I completely bought that this was a sequel to The Shining. Yes, like it not it must it might not be it's definitely not as good as the shining i think there's good parts in it for sure but like i was like oh this is a continuation of the shining story and i bought that interesting um but like i just think it it struggles with some pacing issues i think that just the overall kind of premise is just odd and i don't know some of the writing was a little bit on the nose to me specifically there's just one Shine part that on. it like literally took off a star from the score <laughs> You said, all right, it's not that bad. And then the last shot, you're like, uh, yeah, it was. I was like, no, you had it. Like, they honestly had a great last shot, and they just, I don't know. Threw it right in the toilet. Um, But, yeah, it, it almost feels like there's – it feels – like, it's what I'm going to say is there is consequences in the movie, of course. But at, at the same time, it feels like there wasn't any when it ends. Mm-hmm. Um, But whatever. At the end of the day, it's fine. It could have been a, It could have been a lot worse. That's all I can say. Ewan did fine. I I like Rebecca Ferguson a lot in it too, um, and I think they that middle like action scene, I guess you could call it, is, I think is awesome. And the I kind of wish isn't, isn't I kind of wish they just leaned into that a whole lot more if they were going to do this supernatural power. Like it's a sci-fi horror kind of thing where it's like the whole movie delves on these powers and they kind of barely you use remove, them. You remove the hour prologue and all the connections to the Overlook. Uh, and it's and just you got a twenty-five minute short film. That's good. <laughs> no, it's it's just it's just <laughs> no, a horror. You get an hour and a half. It's movie a decent. Yet. It's like a three-star horror movie, but with the connections with the shine. Like I wasn't. Is it? I wasn't scared at all. <clears throat> no. Is this a horror movie? I don't know. No, I'd say it's more of a sci-fi. It's suspense. like a sci-fi. It's just kind of like a fun little thriller. Almost like, yeah, a thriller. thriller. A Michael Jackson thriller. Michael Jackson. I was gonna say something bad, but I don't want. What's your problem, mate? Yeah. N- All right. What else we got? I, I don't support. I don't support Michael. J- yep. I agree. Anyway, um, I saw. I uh, rewatched the Nightmare Before Christmas for Antu's podcast. Um, Did you have a nightmare? No. Great. Great style in that movie, and overall, my biggest takeaway: this is Halloween banger, and just the name is one of the coolest names ever, and I really appreciate the name of that movie. What's your problem? I don't know. I think it's an awesome name. No, I agree with you, but that's I want to watch. It. I've never seen it. You've it's amazing. It on Disney Plus. I know it is. No I excuse. No excuse. No excuse. No excuse. I want to wait till it gets a little bit closer to Christmas. Now. Okay. No, I should have watched it on Halloween. It's more of a Halloween movie to me. It's called The it's, Nightmare it's, Before. It's right in between for me. It's a great. It's a great fall. It's, it's a, a great, great Thanksgiving. Fall take it from Halloween to lead you into Christmas. It's one of those. That's how I kind of rest on it. <clears> I watched. <throat> I watched Super Bad for the first time. And I freaking Mick love Lovin, it. one of the greatest comedy. Super Red is unbelievably funny. It's I'm so s- funny, dude. <laughs> Jonah so Hill, that's his prime right there. <laughs> it's so his physical. And I love his that scene prime. before they go in to get alcohol for the first time. Yeah, oh, yeah. Swearing at each other out on the sidewalk, yeah. and then the one person walks up to him. Good cop combo with Seth Rogen. Yeah, and Bill I was Hader. surprised with how much they were in the movie too, because I heard that they were great, but I thought they were in like two scenes. It's like that's the whole second plot of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> these guys. I like when they go to the bar with McLovin. Yeah, I think just those the Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, and uh, Christopher Mintz Plus. Yeah, they were great. Like that's like a great trio for that movie. Um, Do you like when he gets blood on his pants? At oh, the party? <laughs> there's so many good gags in the movie, but. Like and then even what really sold me on like I was like yeah what a great comedy and then what sold me is that the end, like the ending it's good it's a great ending yes like that's a great ending totally agree but 
No, Superbad's a legitimately really good yeah. movie. That's why, like, when Booksmart came out, people were freaking out about it and comparing it to Superbad. It is really similar to Superbad, but they're also different enough, and they're both... Yeah. they're pretty much about the same movie. And I kind of love that it's, like, you kind of get, like, the boy's perspective, and then you get the girl's perspective. And I love that you can have, like, a double feature with those two movies. And yeah, it'd be, absolutely. Make sense and, and be they're fun. both good. Yeah. And they both have their moments that are hilarious and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, there's just so many quotes in that movie now like i'm i'm kind of ashamed that it took me so long to watch it because it was hilarious you should be ashamed in your also Stone, you I, watched it last year nick you're the bust of the week nate one year of i only watched you. it bust i think i watched it like two or three years ago so i'm not super far ahead of you guys on super can bad, we pour one out for kit fisto no good so good movie i'm glad you finally saw that that's cool yeah watched it with luca de Saus. was that his first time seeing it probably no not. no yeah. no gangsters what's up guys <laughs> <laughs> freaking great uh, but other than that I watched uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit you want to touch on that a little bit Nick yeah let me I'm pull seeing it this weekend I can't wait Jojo Rabbit I, I really love this and I saw that there's mixed reviews on this movie uh, I read a not lot on of Letterboxd what? yeah not on but like you I mean re- thumbing through the reviews there's definitely some some hard opinions on this and a lot of them are just over the premise of turning the Holocaust into a comedy. Uh, but I think that he did it in an effective way. Taiki Taiki Watiti, amazing job turning this into a comedy. And it like it really dumbs it down to show you just how stupid probably the biggest evil in mankind was. Like how stupid this whole situation was. Well, just how was. absurd it was that yes. this even got traction. Exactly. I think Thomason McKenzie... I saw her in Leave No Trace, and now this. She Her future is super bright. I think she's a great actress, and I'm excited to see what else she... Wait, what uh, else was she in? Uh, Leave No Trace. Oh, okay, yeah. She's, I... she's great. Uh, the cinematographer, someone I'm keeping my eye on for the next coming years. He is amazing. He shot one of my, one of my favorite movies ever. He shot The Master. Um, I do not know how to pronounce his name, so I'm not even going to try and butcher it. But he I shot w- Jojo Rabbit. Yep, he shot Jojo Rabbit. I'll be keeping my eye on is him. Is cinematography forever. great? It's, There's some it's great good. shots. It is really good, but it's it's. it's yeah, I just it's feel good. like it's not a movie that lends itself to that needing outstanding cinema. But there's some. But there's it, some it, awesome it all plays shots. a role. It looks okay, good. Cool. Um, like like I love a lot of the shots in the pool scene. Yes. Like I thought. Well, uh, it's very. I don't want to say it's Wes Anderson like because it that just takes away from the what, cinematographer. No. But it's very you know. But muted saying it's pastel. Wes Anderson like isn't taking away anything. It's just like it's a similar style. Taika Waititi has that similar well, style where it's like off the wall comedy sat- satire. Like literally, what it was. Perfect, style. perfect framing. Uh, nice softs. There's no contrast really. What it was is it was a Taika Waititi movie. Yeah. Like I've seen. I think most of his stuff. I haven't seen like his super early stuff. But I've seen What We Do in the Shadows. I've seen Hunt for the Wilder People, uh, this, and Thor Ragnarok. Those are like his four like bigger ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love all of them. And I was surprised with how much I love this movie. I love movie. this movie. When it was over, I was like, holy crap. Because it has like, what, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. So I was like, oh, it'll be a fun movie. And I expected to get some laughs out of it was very it's there's sad moments yep. there's heartwarming moments I the ending i love the ending of this it's movie beautiful. too that's beautiful um and you know what it's top five for me on the year yeah. and i just have to say i think it's one of the most effective ways to tell a story is through the perspective of a child have you guys seen moonrise kingdom yes is it similar yeah uh, people say this is inglorious bastards meet moonrise kingdom. yeah sure but 
what I want to say is telling a story through a child is one of the most effective ways to tell a story because kids often see things in the most simple terms and all the Holocaust is, is good versus evil. And it literally shows how stupid the evil side was on this and how absurd, like you said, Nate, absurd the whole thing is. And I think it's great when the kid finally understands everything. And I, I really had a good time with it. And yeah. I can't, uh, yeah, I really can't wait to see it this weekend. We'll see. Shoot me a text. Let me know what your thoughts also, are. Also, Sam Rockwell, great in this movie as Amazing. well. Amazing. Your heartwarming moments, sad moments. Funny frus- moments. Frustrating moments. Hilarious moments. Hilarious moments. It's, uh, I, I was surprised with how much I really love this movie. You know what? Movie. Beautiful moments. Beautiful moments. Stressful moments. Crying moments. Of tears, of happiness. Bloody muffin. Glass muffin. Blueberry muffin. That's do you know what? what like do right you know now. what movie Thomason? Uh, is it Mackenzie? What she's gonna be in next year? Uh, she is gonna be Nosferatu. No, she's in a. Oh, what movie is coming out with her? There's one that comes out this year too. She was in The King. Yep. Uh, what comes out next year? Last Night in Soho. What is that? Edgar Wright's horror movie. She's great. I'm excited. Time travel horror movie. All right. Should we, we don't jump into Parasite sure. now? We don't know for sure if it's time travel. Should we? Jump into a parasite. Are we all? Are we all ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Have you? Did you go over all your other stuff then? Yep, that's all I've watched. Did I talk about? Uh, <clears throat> did I talk about that show last time? Uh, Channel Zero. Yeah. Uh, in the pod. Okay. Never Wait, mind. Nate. Did we? Let's one sentence describe the first episode of Mandalorian. I'm excited to see episode two on Friday. <laughs> Here's my sentence. Great review, Nate. Step in the right direction. I like it, and it ended well. My favorite thing about it is I think that we're finally getting stories that delve into a lot of the interesting stuff in Star Wars that is just like one sentence and stuff. Because just the whole idea of Mandalorian culture is just like an amazing story to be told. And I think they're like, it's going to be cool to see how this unfolds and kind of get more information. Honestly, my fa- like it honestly, the episode for me started off rough and got better as it went on. I was honestly worried watching the beginning of it, but then by the end of it, I was like, oh, heck yeah, I'm down for a Star Wars exactly. TV show. Um, I'm with you. It was it was kind of rough to start, but the way it ends, like, it it leaves you on such a nice little high note where it's like, oh, wow, yeah, let's see well, what we got coming Well, next. even, like, the end action sequence compared to that, like, beginning yep. one, and also how the beginning one very much opens up with, I was like, okay, we're just going to get another stoic bounty hunter guy. Well, then by the end, you get to see, like, what his actual personality is, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, there was one thing that I wanted to say. Oh, like, just the idea of, um, like, the protagonist that we get, I'm excited to see how they delve into it because they laid some eggs uh, for, like, some interesting concepts that they can explore. And I really hope I like eggs. I really hope eggs. like I, I'm sure there's going to be Easter eggs to the stories that we know, but I really hope it doesn't have like a major tie in to the sequel trilogy. I hope it's like, cause even Subtle. how they pitch it too, is it's like, it's on the outer rim of the galaxy. This is where it's taking place is like kind of away from a lot of this stuff happening. And just a lot of the, my favorite parts of this was like a lot of the talking when he's just talking yep. to people and building up and that just world. Learning the it universe, looks great. Right? It looks great. And I love the terms that they use, how it's written. Honestly, when they're just talking like, uh, po- that like this is Imperial crisis, like the, it's post empire world and how that like, they like Mando's like a slur for Mandalorians and stuff. Yeah, like so that. when should I watch the Mandalorian in terms of 
chronology? Well, so ep- like the last episode, episode eight of The Mandalorian comes out the week after Rise of Skywalker, so you wouldn't be able to technically watch it all. But, but just like when it it, when it takes place week? between episode six and seven, which is interesting because this is going to be the first real, real thing that we dive into. Like after yeah. six, I mean, and you, Boba in, Fett doesn't Boba Fett actually die though? Boba Fett, this guy isn't Boba Fett. I'm oh. pretty sure that's confirmed now. So he's not Boba Fett. He's not Boba Fett. So Boba Fett died. Boba Fett's dead. No, and also my biggest gripe with this TV show, the intro's lame as hell. They need to step it up. Every do TV, every TV show is doing that nowadays, where it's just the title. Yeah, I don't even care. Do something interesting. You know what does interesting? Barry does that great, and also Watchmen. It's just Watchmen, but they find a different way to put it in the environment Barry, each time, and it's awesome. Barry does it. So Barry has earned that right because they do it the be- he did they do it the best. Anyway. Let's talk Parasite. Let's talk Parasite. Nate, go ahead and start us off. Uh, I really like this movie. This movie's number one for me on the year. Tyler, uh, one sentence to start us off. What's what's going on in your head? Parasite has uh, an outstandingly written story and plot, and it was good. It's directed really well. It was directed very well. It's number two for me. It's it's way up there for me. Lighthouse decided put on that crown, baby. I don't know if you're getting topped again. It's one of those things where do I think it's more of a technically well-made movie than something like Avengers Endgame? Yeah, yeah. But does it make me feel that? Does it give me those emotions that that movie did? No. So how do I compare those? But that's not what I want to talk about. Parasite, like uh, Bong Joon Hoo. So do you yeah, pronounce his name? Like, do, well, we, do we nail it there? Um, I don't think I you can did. almost guarantee I just think he not. came up with a brilliant satirical comedy about, you know, capitalism. Class system. Class system in the world. It's literally fits for yeah. so many different so- and societies in the world. And I just thought it was an outstanding movie. And it's something that people should watch just so they can get a better understanding of the world. Yeah. And I love movies. And like I this. understand. And like, I love watching an interview with him where he was talking about that, where he was kind of surprised that it was getting so much recognition. Cause he made it very Korean. Like he made it like this is oh, yeah. South Korean culture. And then he realized that we all kind of deal with similar problems across the globe. And like a specifically in America, it's really and he said, picking up traction. What did he say here. it was? Oh, worked perfectly. He said it's capitalism culture. And the one thing I loved about this movie is how unpredictable it was. I was on, I had no idea where I, I know this going. phrase is so, you know, corny and cliche, but like I was on the edge of my seat during the setup during the middle part of the movie and yep. during the conclusion, like I love the infiltration of them going in and, you know, entering into the working class as the, some people refer to the metaphor. It's like, he just found a way to weave tension throughout every scene. Yeah. So for everyone, you're just like, Oh, could it go wrong? Right. When's now? it going to go wrong? And exactly. And it's, it's like, go ahead. It's, I was just going to say, it's one of the, it's one of the best directed movies I've seen in a, in a while. Probably. I think the best directed I've seen this year. And it makes me sad knowing that, the general audience would not go see this movie just for the the pure fact that it's subtitled. Yeah, I brought it up to my parents after I watched it because I liked it so much. And I was like, guys, you know, this is a movie that could probably get nominated for quite a few awards come, you know, the award Oscar season. season. And I, if so, I'd really like you guys to see it just so you can, you know, be, be aware of the movie and stuff. And I was like, but it's in Korean. And they were like, well, then probably not. And, yeah, that's rough. And th- that's how people felt that I've talked to. You know, people that don't really follow as much talked about Roma last year, too. And that's a movie that's definitely worth watching as well. Yep. 
I think that the cinematography was amazing in this movie for a movie that doesn't really need to do anything too crazy with camera work. It's still beautiful well, the way it's lit, everything like that, with the modern lighting of the house. That definitely and how that's a just all on in a studio. Oh, is it? Like 70% of the movie was they in the studio. They just built it all, right? That's yeah. super interesting. I think that the acting is masterclass. Oh, yeah. I know it's it's really stupid for me to say this, but whenever I see a foreign movie, it's normally the best of the best uh, because they're obviously getting critical acclaim and everything like that. Well, but we're every, only, we don't get the opportunity to watch a ton yes. of foreign yeah, films. The only ones we're exactly, watching are the exactly. ones that come over here because of how acclaimed they are. So it's Correct. like we're only watching really great ones but, every time. But each character has its own unique personality that is a relatable and be super interesting. Every single character I'm interested in, in this movie. Yeah. There's no side character. Where I'm like, well, I don't really care about that person. If they die, something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's very interesting the way that is. I think it is a great depiction of the ignorance that the rich has the working class and fighting, clawing your way back into it. And even and how losing some, it. And it's how every, it's just it's, how everybody's ignorant and, and how, my favorite, I, it's like, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a great line towards the end where the main, well, arguably the main character is kind of ask like, do I fit in with you guys? And there's a younger teenage girl who, you know, just kind of the, the symbol, one of the symbols of innocence in the movie. And she's like, well, yeah, what do you mean? Why wouldn't you? Because she doesn't know any better yeah. when he sees it as like, man, I really can't fit in with all these wealthy people here because he's kind of middle, low class. And some people force their way in thinking they belong, but in reality they don't. Into those higher classes. I just see it as that people actually all do fit in with each other and they just don't realize it because they are the ones drawing the lines. Yeah, right? I think that the I you see all the conflict within the working class. The rich are completely oblivious to it, and uh, right. But those are the barriers that they're putting up themselves, and he, they kind of see that in the movie. And it's literally even said in the movie by the wealthy husband who literally draws a line himself. And says that he was crossing the line of yes. putting our like thinking that he's equal and thinking that we're on the same level. That's literally something in the movie. And I think it, I love how it deals with stuff like, you know, the classes and like how some people resent them. Some people praise the people that are above them that are supporting them, even though it's like weird and a weird relationship that yep. way. And how there's different forms of and like just the name itself plays into so many different facets yeah. of everything. Um, and it also delves on like. Uh, like just being a father and being the provider, like in your own mind, the provider of the house and stuff yep. like that very heavily. Um, and yeah, like, and just one thing I wanted to point out that I th also thought was funny in the interview that he talks about, like the, like s some things that might not be prevalent in American stuff is the, that scene where the son is teaching the dad to act. He's like, he kind of compared it to like, it would be like if like Ansel Elgort was like teaching Robert De Niro how to act in a movie like because that Korean actor is so renowned and he's great and then this is an up-and-comer oh, that's really? like new to the scene and he's the young guy that's being cast in a bunch of big name oh, stuff that's funny. and it's like that's that that's oh, why that takes a whole I also love the line where the kids uh, or when the mom says uh the tent will leak we leak we bought it from the U.S. <laughs> I think that's funny yeah. and then also uh I just found it really interesting too the whole dynamic Without getting into spoilers, like once there's one character in the movie that finds themselves out of the working class and then they have to come back and ask the other people for help because she can't support a person in her life. And then there's an internal fight within them when the rich are just exactly oblivious to the whole situation when in reality it's the yeah, that's, and, it's, and it's the rich the people causing, causing the problem. The 
poor people to fight and it's like yeah there's a whole bunch of different layers i love how i love how he directs it in a way that it can go from a comedic moment to a shocking moment Instantly. to a tense moment to kind of a horrific moment like all within the span of five minutes um He's a great director from I, what I've, I've I've only seen I've seen Snowpiercer and Okja. Okja, I did I thought it was all right. I did Snowpiercer, too. I really like this is I the like best Snowpiercer one that, a lot, but yeah, this is his best movie. Yeah. Um I may that go, I've seen. I may go re see this one. I'm I really enjoyed it. I just I just still can't believe, like you said, I mean, for the majority of the end of the movie I was leaned forward in my chair, elbows to knees, just like, you know, what's head hap- in my hands, happen? like, yeah, how is this gonna play out? The one thing that I didn't absolutely love about the movie was the last five to 15 minutes didn't, it wasn't that it was unsatisfying. I just didn't necessarily, it's like the way it all played out didn't make as much sense as I thought it would, I guess. I don't want to get into it too much without spoiling everything, but I still loved the movie. It's still nearly flawless in my opinion. I can't wait to see what he does next now because of this. Um, And it was great. Do we want to talk spoilers at all for a little bit? Yeah, we can. Why not? Okay. So I'm going to... This is your spoiler. Honestly, go see this movie without knowing much at all. I think it enhances the experience. And you know what? This is one of those movies you can believe the hype when you sit down. You're you know you're going to see a great. You're going to see a great movie. I So for me, I thought the movie was building to the dad, obviously, having some turn for a while, right? And as the ending's playing out, we keep getting these close-ups of him before he's supposed and he's got holding a tomahawk and it's like you know it's building to something weird but then once the 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 crazy husband who is trapped in the basement comes out and he goes to stab the daughter and he kills her i just don't know why it to me i didn't like that the dad has his turn after the the one guy sniffs the dead body and he does it because then it's almost played for laughs more than how intense and serious the end of the movie was i don't think i don't think it's necessarily played for laughs because like my kind of thing was this whole movie honestly the only like he even talks to the guy when he first gets in the car with him how you know being the provider for a house all that stuff that's kind of the most stressful job and all this stuff and throughout the movie he's consistently failing whether it's from uh bad luck uh lack of experience he's kind of the only one failing in certain things like he's the one that trips down the stairs and knocks them all down and bees revealed he's the only one that's kind of getting in trouble by the by person the rich, yeah. yeah like he's the one that could blow up this whole thing and he's stressed out because it's like he really you know he feels like he's failed at life and then once he sees that whole thing that's what snaps with him where he's like this is the problem all this stuff they're the problem yeah um, and even even the ending more so, like thinking about it more, like just the fact that like he basically creates a own prison for himself, and it's like probably even worse than prison because he's got a fear for his life when he goes up to the surface to even get food and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> and even the fact that like at, at at first I thought you know when he that last shot when the dad comes out and he goes to the thing i thought that's when the movie was going to end and i was like that's a powerful ending yeah but then it goes to the next thing and i was like oh that's interesting but it's literally the opening shot again but it's like that and then i realized that oh that didn't actually happen yet not yet and it's like that's his plan and what did the dad say about plans is that they always don't go out the way that yeah and i think that the ending made sense like i don't think it was the most perfect thing ever but like it made too much sense like there is no surveillance because earlier in the movie it got cut yeah. and no one knows about that basement area that's still alive. So, you know yeah, what I mean? It just it, like it got it made too I much sense. I also don't like when people get hit in the head with rocks and survive. that way 
many. That's my that's very my only heavy. And he gets hit in the, the head twice with yeah. it, where it's like, okay, so he's dead. And I love that it's like shocking. Oh my god, the main character just died. And then it's like, of course, oh, he didn't. And then he doesn't really suffer memory loss. He has some weird laughing he has thing, the but Joker it seems disease. like some. But people, it seems like it kind of goes away then, right? No, I think some he has people Joker survive disease. it though. Some people survive stuff like come that. Come on, come on. I agree. It bothered me. But then again, the old me. woman, she died. From hitting her head on yes. cement, that made sense. Oh, I mean, again, oh, overall, and she was I love the movie. With an allergic reaction and a concussion, and then she's like, oh, "I'm dead." Well, no, it wasn't a concussion. She was literally ble- bleeding out or, or with a head wound, and she, and she got a, a couple words off before she died. I really liked the. Uh, I really my favorite scene in the movie was the scene when they're trying to escape from underneath the dine- the the coffee table in the main. Yeah, room. and then he's the one that almost gets caught too. The dad, right? So when the dad is just <laughs> laying on the ground, he just totally stops moving, and you see him in frame, just in the dark. And it reminded me of this game I used to play with my friends as a kid, where you go outside and there's a base, and everyone would hide. You got to get back Ghost to the base. In the graveyard, it. kind of similar, basically. But we would make the person who's it wear sunglasses at night so they couldn't see anything, right? So then the my favorite place to hide is I would just lay down in the grass and hope they didn't see. I would do you. the same thing, dude. Yeah. So then the just like thing. so watching that happen, I just thought it was so funny. Also, that's just a great shot too, where he just all it is on is his legs. Then he just goes yeah. at him. <laughs> Some really good shots in this movie. Super funny in certain parts. And I think one thing that's really interesting to me is you find out a, a lot about the two dads for the the rich family and for um, the, the main character's dad. You find out a lot about those two characters when he they're talking about their wives and he's like, yeah. well, "You love her, don't you?" And like, like how yeah, he we'll like doesn't love. care. It's just he he's following in line like she's there. Yeah, and it's it very. Kinda, it's, I think how, it's supposed to represent you know a lot of mentalities that people have where he's just it's just an another he just sees it as an object and everything in life's an object yeah oh yeah and you know when they're laying on the couch it's like i bet he makes a move here pretty soon they're all going to be trapped under there while they're oh yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like sure enough and they're fetish shot fetish what is the word fetishizing fetishizing fetishizing, something like that but like poor people and like people that are dirty yeah that was weird yep yeah which is another thing where they just see them as lower. Buy me drugs. She's like, buy me drugs. <laughs> that was such a weird scene. And they're all trapped under the uh, and, Yeah. Um, but overall, I love this movie. I hope it gets some recognition come Oscar I, season. I, think it I will. can almost guarantee it's going to win Best Foreign Language Film. Well, but I South hope it gets Korean, not- a South Korean film has never been nominated for that category. I hope it gets nominated for Best Picture. Because yeah, I do too. And like, think about best it, guys. Actor. Think about it. Rocketman, <laughs> or not Rocketman, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody Green, Green Book. Book 1. Come on, can we please get this nominated? This is going to be an interesting year for the Oscars. They it could- is, because there hasn't been any movies that have been clearly bad that i think the oscar is gonna fall for have you you guys know of any like oh we still got some time we i know we do but like I, bohemian rhapsody go- see but i think this year the nominated? irish with the irishman coming out i feel like all of those guys are gonna get nominated just once upon a time once upon once a time, upon and a time uh people don't know like i've watched like some uh hollywood journalists and stuff like that talk about the best actor race they're saying that leo might not get nominated uh, yeah, i think I brad pitt should get nominated Pitt's, for ad astra brad, for oh I, and you know what's also interesting is that they think that you know Joaquin Phoenix and Adam Driver, Tom Hanks, th- he'd be best supporting. What? Oh, yep. yeah. for the neighbor movie. Yep. Um, but people like people are leaning, and which is kind of sad. But honestly, I'm kind of hype. People are leaning Adam Driver. 
over Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah. I what about it. over Rob Pattinson or Willem Dafoe? Rob, I doubt Rob Pattinson gets nominated. I can see Willem Dafoe getting nominated. And he won't win, which sucks because which he never wins. Shame. Do you think The Lighthouse should be nominated for Best Picture, Best Cinematography, Best Editing, Best, best Production Design, design best, best Production Design, <laughs> Best Best no, cinema. not sound design. Uh, best cinematography, 100%. And I wouldn't mind seeing it. For so it should picture. sweep. Oh, costume design, 100%. It should sweep all the awards this year then, right? It won't, but <laughs> it should. I think it, like it's got to be nominated for at least some stuff. At I least hope so. some. I hope this year I'd best just picture Rob, returns I just want Robert Eggers. But again, I feel like did the Lighthouse make a decent chunk of change? No, but it, may, it has a lot of buzz coming out of festivals and stuff, which That's is great. great. Like The Witch, of course, it gets buzz, but it got buzz for a horror movie. This is like getting buzz for like just like with m- massive names in yeah, it. Like two well, two carry or two massive names performances. The movie. Yeah, great performances into that. I just hope Best Picture comes back to the earth. Well, I mean, because even, last year last year really broke my spirit. I mean, we just had a stretch where we just I just saw like a bunch, a bunch of, of Best Picture worthy stuff. Like, I think Jojo Rabbit's Best Picture worthy. I think I think so. Parasite is. I think Lighthouse is. Um, uh, Doctor Sleep. No, I'm just kidding. I'm don't, super. Don't forget, <laughs> Avengers Endgame is probably going to yeah. get nominated this and I th- year. I honestly think it deserves to be. Don't I'm forget, Joker is probably going to get nominated I this year. I am super excited for Ford v Ferrari, Dad I'm, movie of the year. I'm excited for that. Lock have you guys seen care. Rush? No, no, have you? Yes, it's outstanding. Rod ha- what is it? Ron, Ron Howard, Howard directed, Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Bruhl, and it's fantastic. It's an outstanding. Sports Do you know what's movie. better? A better Ron Howard movie than that? Solo a Star Wars. <laughs> you hated that movie, dude. I didn't hate it. I think that it's not good. I'm watching that one next. All right, let's sign off. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but on that I, note, uh, I will say Solo, though, I wanted to bring shot. up, I don't think we talked about this on the pod. What do you guys think about WandaVision being a sitcom? Uh, Yeah, it makes sense for the story that they're going to tell, but I'm interested to see how they it plays out. The way, the, the way Nate described it, it's interesting, but I don't think I'm going to watch any of those movies, shows. I really don't. So the I guess the broader question is how do you feel that they said, yes, it's going to be necessary for you to watch these shows to understand the broader Marvel Cinematic At Universe this point, story. if you're into the MCU now, like, gonna in a post-Endgame world, you're going to be watching them. On that, I think that they're going to lose a lot of people, and that's... I they lost me. They, I'm not going to watch must the TV have anticipated shows. that, which is why they're putting out more content, right? Because the more content, you're going to make at your least money they're going to get some people yes. watching. And I'll tell you what: out of all the stuff, uh, I really don't. I'm not super excited for uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. I'm not super excited for WandaVision. I'm not super excited for Miss Marvel. I'm not super excited for. Actually, I'm What's kind of Ms. excited Marvel? for Miss Marvel. I what think that would be pretty cool. Uh, Camilla Khan. She gets kind of. Uh, but that's not Captain Marvel. Nope. It's like kind of a sidekick, but not really at all. She like looks up to Captain Marvel, but then she gets powers of herself, so she calls herself Miss Marvel, and oh. kind of. And she's a teenager, so it's kind of like a Spider-Man sort of thing, but oh, from a female's perspective. Fun. And I think that's pretty cool. She-Hulk, sure. The one that I'm excited for is Moon Knight. Moon Knight yeah, is gonna be, be cool. freaking awesome. I'm literally and not I, gonna watch any of those. And, I'll, I'll watch the Thor movie that comes out, the Spider-Man movie that comes out. Is there anything else you think I'll see? Other than that, I don't yes, dude. I guarantee you're still gonna go see all the movies. Yeah. Like not the TV are. shows. That's fine. Any once, movie that comes I'll out, tell you to, still gonna go I'll tell see. you to watch Moon Knight, and you'll watch it. You told me to watch Daredevil, and that got canceled. Well, guess what? It's <laughs> okay, but still, it tells <laughs> a story. It tells a story. I'm joking. It's like the Thrones ended. Yeah. Should have been canceled. <laughs> Here's the thing. Moon Knight. Seven, Moon no. Knight's literally a guy, a superhero, that it has schizophrenia. And that plays into which costume he goes out in and which character he is. And I think it's just going to be interesting. Directed by even, Christopher Nolan. 
memento. No, but I'm interested to see. We'll see. We'll and see. We'll also, see. We'll, see. we'll see. One of the coolest costumes ever. Oh, so I just want to say. Excited to see what they do with that. I just want to say Disney Plus. The way it looks and it's presented, beautiful. Oh, yeah, cut down, sleek. cut down on the buffering. We're good to go. Also, hey, shouts out to the 4K for a lot of stuff. Can't wait to watch those Pixar movies, baby, baby. That's all I have to say. We'll be back next week to talk about more stuff. Ford Absolutely. versus Ferrari, Mandalorian episode two. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'll be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. Poopy, scoopy, a pooper story. Drop it like it's hot. Uh, and then uh, Scoob 4 coming out next week. Can't oh. wait. I'm just kidding. I may have to start pumping out these Star Wars movies a little faster. I concur. But now you got no excuse. You have no excuse. <laughs> the excuse is I'm going to be watching Spider-Man, the animated series, yeah, 1990s, because it's the best cartoon superhero Really show. sad that they don't have spectacular Spider-Man, but that's... Is that the one that you really liked? Yeah, but I also really like the 90s one a lot, too. That's a, Is that the best one? Spectacular Spider-Man's better. Is it really? But I really like... What I like about the 90s one is it's college Spider-Man, and I really Does like he that have a, Is there a through line to that show? Or 90s it more, one? It's more arcs. So there's couple arcs. Couple arcs? Yeah. Okay. Well, even, like, season, like I said, season-long arcs. The first season's very episodic, but there's some two-parters. But, like, season two is, like, a whole arc. Okay. Season three is a whole arc. Season four is but a whole arc. But it says on the app, it just says there's one season. I know. That's not true. I know, but it's not true. Okay, cool. Like, even when it was on Netflix, they separated it in a It said season, one season, so. so I was like, oh, maybe. Are there only, like, I was 20 sad. episodes I was sad this? when and I, I scrolled, and I was like, Jesus Christ. There's 60-something. Yeah. Uh, I was. I clicked on it because I saw it was on there, and it said one season. I was like, oh, no. But then they but have all of them. They so have that's all cool. Of them. Okay. But, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about that next week, too. They better have this on Disney+. Plus. I love zucchini.